0: Hey, boomers, it's that time again. This is Sonic the Comic the Podcast, your fortnightly guide to the Sega Station world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic. We, as always, are your Humes who think we're in charge. My name is Chris McFeely, and with me is...
1: Dave Bulmer, one of the other Humes who think's in charge. But we've got a guest. We've got a guest this episode. I like it when we have a guest. It makes it harder for Sam to edit. Oh, joy, a
2: three-track file.
3: (laughs) Eden, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Eden. I make videos and I do streams and I put podcast conventions on. I do a lot of... I get bored, so I start new projects a lot. (laughs) And yeah,
1: hello. And one of them helped me out because, do you remember, we did a podcast together ages ago where I, for the first time, was going to play a 16-bit Final Fantasy. And uh, that kicked off a years-long... Streamy let's play thing which had, you know,
3: lots of interaction on Discord and everything. That was that was great. That really helped me out. Well, I'm pretty sure that you also ended that massive stream on the day that you appeared on Pod UK. God really. So it all it all just sort of synced up nicely. Wow. Now you were
1: telling me that really we should have had you on this podcast a little while ago. Why is that?
3: Yes, okay. So I basically only know Sonic the Comic properly through this podcast. (laughs) I was aware of its existence and I think I've read like the odd reprint issue or like a very very old issue in like my parents cupboard or something but i always thought like this comic started in around like early 1994 so did i, <laughs> I and i just thought it would be pretty cool if i was like a guest on the comic that came out when i was born just to sort of make you all feel old. Yeah, that would have worked. That would have succeeded. But also, this is the issue that was out on my first birthday, which is the next best thing. <laughs> that's
1: the next best thing. That was, could be, Because that's the first birthday. So that's yeah. the first time you're aware you have a cake, you have a candle. You blew out your first candle Indeed. the day this issue, or the, the fortnight this issue came out.
0: Yeah, it's probably not the <laughs> precise day. For th- this is issue number 48, cover dated March 31st,
3: but released March 18th. So How close is that? It's the latest issue from when I was turning one year old.
1: So in that case, it is a bit of an oversight that we didn't have you on a year ago. We probably should have done. Um, How do we excuse that? Because the actual answer is that you just didn't tell us. (laughs) Yeah,
3: that's the thing. The reason I wasn't on is I was too cowardly to ask. (laughs) Too cowardly to ask? I'd already been on your podcast, like, multiple times. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. I am a scared little child. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs)
1: Well, we know you're a little child, obviously, because you oh, were yes. born during Sonic the Comic, which came out, what, 10 years ago, Sonic the Comic, something like that? Some, yeah, yeah, it right. yeah, something like that. Yeah. 10, ně- 15, 15, 15 the, the, the,
0: had a push, maybe? Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we're all here now, so let's, well, let's not crack it open, let's look at the cover. This is issue number 48, mm-hmm. and the cover is Tales looking really cross with a big remote control that he's zapping at as crossly.
0: Yeah, this is a Carl Flint piece as uh, recognisable. Tails beams back, it says. Zone Runner chills out. We've got a new Tail series starting this issue where they're doing the Zone Runner thing again. So he's holding out his micro pewter from the oh, previous yes. Zone Runner story. He's wearing the Zone Runner
3: Mac there as well. Of course he is, yes. It's supposed to be like a Blade Runner type garb, isn't it? But like yes. when I saw this, I was like, are they doing a star wars because it looks like a jedi robe and then like it lo- kind of looks like he's holding a lightsaber it does a bit in thing. the cover
1: yeah well because the computer has never shot beams of light before no.
3: so no the i
1: was confused until you just reminded me that this exists already i was like, <laughs> like just now i was flicking through the comic going but he this isn't from it what what is that what's he got this remote control for <laughs> yes the micro pewter i forgot about that and the, the charming attempt to invent the mobile phone <laughs> well, it was for unlocking doors, wasn't it? Yeah, jolly well closing it's a sonic
0: door. Sonic screwdriver. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. No, across the top, we've commented in recent issues where they mm-hmm. have the trouble filling the rightmost box where it usually says tips and more or something like that. <laughs> well, they've turned it into kind of a drop-down menu. Yeah, uh, I think oh, this yeah. is a good.
1: This is a good way to solve the yes, problem. It looks it as if someone's clicked the final portion of the bar and it's got the a final list coming tab. Down. Because now the header is inside. And it gives us a few... In fact, it's definitely meant to resemble a drop-down menu because even one of them is highlighted and everything. As if you've got your mouse over it.
0: Well, is it that it's highlighted or is that it's just the next step in the Dennis the Menace?
1: Oh, it's red Red and then black black and then red. red, Yes, yes, the first one But it does
0: look like it's highlighted, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, doesn't it? So what it says is, Neptune and Saturn revealed. Neptune. Look forward to finding out what that is shinobi and captain plunder that's our little uh, contents list for this issue i like it i think that's really cool i think we'll see some more of it and when i saw it on this i was like oh yeah this looks familiar didn't
0: they do this a bit more but obviously the whole look of the comic's going to change in a short amount of time oh. so i guess
1: if they do do more of it i don't it doesn't hang around for too long i don't want it to change <laughs> Ah well i like old stc much more than a like reboot stc design at least that's my memory we shall see we shall see when we get there i'm probably nostalgic about that now
0: I got a chuckle, and it's not an intentional chuckle, but it's just Megadroids' introduction this week. He does the usual, hey, boomers, bit, but this one really does feel a bit, okay, boomer. Welcome, (laughs) as we launch into another edition of your fave read, the most (laughs) happening comic this side of the galaxy okay boomer (laughs)
3: like was happening a thing were people saying happening in the mid 90s because that to me feels like i think i've heard that in reruns of safe by the bell well the thing is yeah the weird thing is so okay so i think that's like a
1: 60s sort of maybe even earlier than that kind of a thing hip and happening but i do remember that when i was this age i was not saying it but if i was like doing a comic or whatever and people needed to talk like that that's what i was putting in if i was doing an intro to something it's welcome to the hippest most happening because we were still getting reruns of Hanna barbera cartoons from the 60s and and saved by the bell is actually a great example because that was like end of the 80s up to about now ish that that was being filmed but it was written entirely by people whose whole lexicon came from the like 50s and 60s so They were talking
3: like old people.
1: They were going to sock hops and things.
3: (laughs) It feels like language like froze at Greece. (laughs) I think Michelangelo of the Turtles
0: has a lot to answer for in regards to things like this. (laughs) But otherwise, beyond that, it's just a very, a very curt, almost, run through (laughs) of of what's in the comics. Sonic, Shinobi, Captain Plunder, and uh, a strange one here. Um, The quest for Tails continues in Zone Runner and the Big Freeze. (laughs) Even though it's yeah. not a continuation, it's it's the first part of a new story. They didn't, you know, put
1: it in Yeah, yeah and, a and, and uh, maybe I'm being nitpicky here, but the quest for Thing is someone trying to find Thing. That's not the... Yeah. You don't have like, oh, it's the quest for Indiana Jones.
3: Yeah, that makes out that Tails is the prize at the end.
1: Yeah, mm. and he is not a prize to be won. <laughs> <laughs> not written by Mark Isles, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, at the end... Megadroid here is teasing something that I feel we should tease as well, because Mm, 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 we are mm. about to hit a flipping milestone. STC goes for gold in just two issues, as our Easter issue coincides with STC's Big 5-0. Yes, that's right. There will have been 50 issues of Sonic the Comic, and 50 plus bonuses episodes of Sonic the Comic the Podcast. We made it. That's... Wow, yeah. I mean... I know
0: academically we've been doing this thing for two years now, but now that you've actually just said it out loud, like, 50 episodes of a podcast? There are a great many podcasts in creation that have never cracked 50 episodes.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. This has got to be one of my most long, like, my projects that lasted the longest before I got bored and did something else. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: maybe in a number of units created, but not necessarily Hmm. in time, because it it has only been two years. Not even two years. There's a couple of issues before we hit the two-year mark. But, yeah, yeah, we've just... yeah, God, I know
1: you, it's now that I've just heard it said <laughs> out loud, yeah. It's given us something to do for the last year, you know? And we would needed something, so here, This was it. <laughs> but let's not credit the pandemic with help <laughs> Shall we not? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we we would have
1: kept doing it anyway. I think we would. We have to believe that, otherwise the whole <laughs> endeavor falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> well well, we'll find out in another year, shall we? But I'm pretty sure mm. we would have done to help celebrate in suitable style, back by popular demand those terrific tattoos. Only these tattoos will be gold, brackets and silver. STC almost 50 and still looking good. Yeah, obviously we can't deliver tattoos to all of our listeners, but we can talk at length about them.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember them. Well, you definitely had some of those on yeah, the bed. We've seen them right. in some of the pictures we've had on Twitter. We have. We have, and I shall post them again. STC's G-A-S-T-T-C. in the middle we've got the central column here because listeners if we haven't updated you on this welcome screens are striped down the left there's a bit down the middle that they change every time and on the right it's the sega charts and in the middle bit this time it's the virgin compo winners here are the results of stc 41's wunderbar virgin compo not going to read any of the names out but yeah more people have been winning Mega drives. So, congratulations to them.
0: That's a lot of competition results. I feel like we've had in the last little while.
1: Well, now I ought to be clear that it says here the first prize winners will receive a Sega Mega Drive and two Virgin games each. Twenty-four runners-up will each receive a selected Virgin. <laughs> 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 I didn't read that far. You didn't read let me try that again. Twenty-four runners-up will each receive a selected virgin. <laughs> That's just what it says.
2: <laughs> Whoops. Uh.
3: Oh. Oh. Now, Eden, you
0: would have never owned a Mega Drive.
3: <laughs> but uh, not at the time, anyway. If no, you, if you- the time. I actually did own a Mega Drive. <gasps> you did, and a Super Nintendo.
1: Even oh, back was and back then like when you were a baby when you well, were one no, year old
3: um, they were I, I grew up sort of always a generation behind on games consoles because they were very mm. expensive and just people generally yeah <laughs> <laughs> my aunt would like move in with me temporarily before she could find a house and she would come in with a mega drive and leave without a mega drive yeah <laughs> I don't know, it just happened.
0: (laughs) Well, she'd obviously gone off and got herself a Saturn by that point. You didn't need that Mega Drive anymore. So I played a
3: lot of... I very much remember on the Mega Drive, it was Sonic 2 and I think Mortal Kombat? Or maybe Street Mm -hmm. Fighter. I had one on one and one on the other. Mm. So I played a lot of the first two Sonic games. And then, of course, on the Super Nintendo, there was a lot of Mario All-Stars and you know, I w I won't talk about the, the rifles. <laughs>
1: it's allowed. It's allowed on this show. <laughs> we won't edit it out. <laughs> so the, no, we'll just the, we'll just put like trumpy
3: noises underneath yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of like Super Mario All Stars, F Zero on the SNES. And then when Alex like, sort of got back into gaming later on in life, I tried Sonic again and well, it was two thousand and six. So Sonic <laughs> 6 was the, was the new hot Sonic game Oops It's kind of the same reason I'm not into Star Wars Because when I was mm. getting into film Clone Wars was the new Star Wars mm. So don't like that either mm. um, But yeah definitely Didn't miss out on the good 2D Sonic games Oh, oh good. good Oh, that's yeah. nice. that's,
0: that's, that's I'm, uh, I'm happy to hear that Because <laughs> I'm surprised and happy It's not required for entry but, No uh, but it's it does mean that you're, you've got the mindset
1: going Yes Yeah I I know know, all the places that they're doing. You
0: see, truly, we are not so different.
1: (laughs) You know what this comic aspires to. Yes. The (laughs) Senior Charts. There's only one thing in the charts that I think is worthy of note at all, which is that uh, new at number nine is Bob. Who's buying that? That's the
0: one from the planet Goth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was a robot... Oh, that
1: strange news zone that put a lot of emphasis on the love aspect of the storyline. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel as if that's not... That can't have just come out. It's been so long since we heard about it in STC. That was my reaction. I was like, surely not only happening now, but it's a new entry,
0: so who knows? I mean, maybe it's been Weird. outside the top 10 and it's new in the top 10 or something like mm. that. Yeah, could be. Eternal Champions and Mutant League Football as well, but STC favourites there, wrapping in at 8 and 10, respectively. Mm-hmm. That's about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <Yep>. All
1: right, <laughs> Sonic then? Sonic. Mystery of the Sandopolis Zone, Part 2. Written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, letters by Ellie DeVille. While Sonic and Knuckles deal with the giant stone guardian of the Lost Pyramid of Sandopolis, Captain Plunder and his goons head inside to pillage the treasure. Unfortunately for them, the treasure is cursed, and when they try to leave with it, they're chased by ghosts and forced to dump the goods in order to escape. Knuckles breaks a seal that floods the pyramid with sand, burying it beneath the desert once more, and he and Sonic continue on their quest to reach the Death Egg. In right!
0: Oh, yes! (laughs) This is my jam. This is exactly what I want all Sonic stories to be forever. Give me your pitch. Tell me why. All the stuff from the games in a story used to build a story. It's Not just as window dressing, not just as a series of obstacles going from start to finish. A story is constructed around these things taken right out of the games. You were playing the game of the comic and reigning
1: the comic of the game when you got to this stuff. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, baby.
0: And also Captain Plunder is there. Uh,
1: yes, which is slightly odd, but luckily Nigel makes him fit in nicely, doesn't he? Mm, just, yes, I mean, I have to flag that up purely as an illustration of my own hypocrisy. But. Yeah, I know. It's Same. Mine too. But what Captain Plunder is there to do is that he's like, I'm a pirate, so therefore, I want to be stealing some treasure. And he just kicks off the level happening around them. Yep. Here in my notes, I've said almost exactly what you just said. I've put this. We talk about how STC... Felt like reading the games, and the games felt like playing the comics. Here we've got three pages of an accurate depiction of the boss fight that guards this pyramid in Sonic and Knuckles, but it never feels like a walkthrough. There's no... Sonic, its weak spot is under the chin. Let's hit it eight times. There's none of that. Instead, it feels like a story. What are the beats of the story? Let's go through them. So we got the pyramid comes up out of the ground as it does at the end of the
0: the first level, as happened at the end of that. Giant stone guardian comes out, the boss of the first Sandopolis zone act and out of the door as well the yep. door opens and everything Sonic hits it it crumbles to pieces as it does but then reforms and yep. is defeated by being lured into a patch of quicksand which is how you beat it yep. in the games they go inside the pyramid Captain Plunder pulls a switch and the lights come on like what happens in yep, the games the game accurate switch and it's drawn right too yeah yep. <laughs> then the lights start to go out and the ghosts appear but they're only echo blobs at first yeah and then as it gets darker they take more form and they become big monster ghosts like they look in the games <laughs> and then to polish it all off Knuckles smashes open a seal
1: and sand comes flooding in like from the games <laughs> and yet every single step of this because that's not everything that's in the games it's just the bits that form a good story so when sonic sees the guardian he goes no problem he spin attacks it it falls to bits and now he starts gloating to knuckles because that's what sonic and knuckles do in the comic go on a minute knuckles you're impressed and knuckles is going behind you and he's like i'm not falling for that old trick but of course behind him it's reforming A, exactly like it does in the games, but B, exactly like stuff does in comics like this. Nigel has, he's done it before, but in this issue, more clearly than ever, everything in it is this invisible marrying of the two things. A comic that feels like a comic. And a game and the things are happening in the game and it's seamless you'd never know if you hadn't played the game that this yeah. wasn't just a normal comic just
0: a story for a comic exactly yeah and the way he uses it in service of the characters too where yes. sonic gets a bit of a show-off going then he and yes. Knuckles bump heads over it and then knuckles is the one who defeats the guardian by having an awareness of the ancient secrets of the floating island
1: yes and he lures it into the sand because he's like he's not the clever one but he's like less likely to just jump in and do something brash and stupid. He's a bit more thoughtful. Well, he
0: also knows already. What does he say? I've read the sacred texts. I know all about you and your pyramid, so he knows what to do. You won't find me so easy to beat,
3: mainly because I'm not stupid enough to fight you. Yeah. (laughs) I hadn't played Sonic & Knuckles. Uh, It was, like, the one that I missed out. So I did not know how accurate to the game (laughs) level this was. So I was just seeing, oh, it's a very well-paced, you know, like kid's british comic it just it just feels really natural everything that's happening it just works so well and i also want to defend captain plunder i have a do it i have a very good affiliation with pirates in general so captain <laughs> plunder like he gives me like Oddworld vibes as well which is another franchise i'm a really big fan of oh
0: no we definitely have to clarify then we we love captain plunder yeah. on this show we're Pro not plunder, trying yeah. to denigrate him <laughs> we're just flagging him up as an original character created from outside the games dropped into this story otherwise, which we have to do because we whine about it when Archie did it so much that
3: we (laughs) have to point out whenever STC does it too. (laughs) And he makes, like, the perfect foil to this. Like like you said, he is there to find the treasure and trigger off all of the nonsense that happens. And just to know that that is, like, so accurate to, like, the things that happen, a game accurate. Ah, now I have even more appreciation for this. (laughs) For this specific comic. Yeah, this... Ah...
1: It's like, and the thing is, I in my memory of this issue, this isn't the one that I was particularly into or excited about. I was just kind of getting through this one because, for two reasons: firstly, because it kind of stands in the way of the big Death Egg stuff we're going to get to yeah, later, yeah. and secondly, because it is the Sandopolis Zone, which itself is a bit like that in the game. It's like that's yeah, a, this is the last one before
0: this. the one we have to, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and it's a, a bit it's a bit of a fussy. I don't think it's many people's favourite level. It's kind of the one where you're like, oh, got to get through this. But ooh the <laughs> the work done here is mm I like well, it. even this
0: little bit here after they've beaten the Guardian and they go in and Sonic's like why did the Guardian attack you? you're master of the floating island and Knuckles is like he's from an ancient time he doesn't even realise that the race of people who once lived here are gone so already yes, Kitching yes, is, is yes, working yes, that yes. angle we've had a tiny little bit, a bit of it about the, like, the lost secrets of the island before but you do have to wonder if like Dr. Zachary is in the back of his mind already
1: like we're going to work towards that in any oh, capacity because again I God,
0: think yes. ooh, he might be before the end of the year
1: too Ooh, I can't swear it. I feel as if I have been told by someone that he is this year. Yeah. Now I might have even said it. Yeah. yeah this in, is the thing. In my, in was my my that person random yeah. in a previous episode? I feel like he is this year. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I also wrote down that line to make note of because we haven't had a lot of talk of the ancient race that Knuckles is the last one of. Hmm. I think it's established at the very first that he's the last of his kind, but here he is mentioning them again, and this was always something that I think was an intriguing through line for his story in stc is like who is this guy where is he why is he the last one yeah it's one of the
0: long-standing things that they never quite tied up that will always haunt me you know and i know stc online came up with their version later on but uh that and how do the chaos
1: emeralds get split in two
0: always kind of felt like they were <laughs> maybe
1: the same story to me but mm. uh, yeah. who knows? <laughs> That's never really bothered me that much because although, yes, I always wanted to know, it's one of those things like, you know, when, I don't know, two long-running will-they-won't-they characters get married and then after that the series yes. is kind of dead. also I, true, it, As soon as you do establish the history of exactly what's going on with Knuckles and his people, now you have to change things to move on. And I like it the way it is. So, yeah, I, I quite like this era.
0: Well, I mean, I think STC had the best... It was going about it the best way possible, you know. Mm -hmm. And we've talked not too long ago at all about how fortunate it was that the angle these early stories happened to take just wound up syncing up nicely with what the games themselves then wound up doing. Yes, For it's all very vague here, but the big thing here that's playing out that we've seen so far is the idea of, like, an ancient... Atlantis-like culture, if you mm. will, you know, not even Atlantis-like, just something ancient and mythological, whether it's ancient Egyptian like this or or mm. Atlantean, like whatever way you want to describe it, because they also obviously had some degree of hyper-technology or mysticism the, to animate like yeah. the Stone Guardian or whatever. And then that would wind up syncing up decently well with the idea from the games that the Echidnas were kind of like a Mesoamerican tribe that were connected with Chaos and the Chaos Emeralds. And all that was, years from now, able to be folded in pretty much without conflict, without difficulty, into STC's lore. Whereas and I'm not flagging it up just to be mean about it, but the Archie Comics' decision to go with essentially Echidna Krypton mm. didn't, and they had to come up with some... I don't even know what they did to fold that in an entirely different thing in. Yeah. Now, did you feel that there was a continuity conflict at play whenever Plunder and Co. start raiding the, the treasure room? Go on. Well, you know, they find the big room of treasure, and pull uh-huh. out the sacks, and Captain Plunder turns around and goes, Get to work, Filch, you slacker! And Filch goes, mm. I can't, Captain. I'm a ghost, remember? I can't touch anything. Yes. But last issue, in the (laughs) the Captain Plunder story, not in the previous Sonic story, but in the Captain Plunder strip last issue, written by the same author, Filch was identified as one of them ghosts who can move things around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But that explains it. I I assumed it was in the previous Sonic story. If it was in the Plunder story, that completely explains it because I bet that was written, you know, later or at a different time. You wouldn't know. It surprises me less that Nigel won't have remembered that he said that now. (laughs) <laughs> I spotted it when
0: I was a kid, and I've never yes.
3: forgotten it. You know, <laughs> it lends a little bit of credence to the Filch character going like, "He won't remember that I can <laughs> touch things. Most ghosts can't. I'm just going to pretend <laughs> to be lazy." Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you remember that the panel
0: from the Captain Plunder strip is Filch is almost sort of hovering his hand over uh-huh. the lever, uh-huh. and then the lever. So maybe the idea is that he can just, you know. It's not that he literally touches and moves things, but that it's his supernatural power to, you know, fling a book off a shelf or whatever. Yeah,
1: I did kind of read
0: it that way. Rather than actually perform precise manual uh, actions.
1: I'm comfortable reading it as, this is someone who can flick a switch but not lift a heavy sack of gold. Yeah, Because I'm one of those people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. It's just that it's boiled down to such a simple single line here that it feels like there's a conflict. Whenever a plot point of the previous issue hinged on the fact that Filch can, in fact, affect the physical world around him.
1: A nice point from the... We have the script for this one, and uh, this one, hardly any edits at all. Like, really, only the tiniest things that are completely acceptable and you would expect to happen. But I did like being able to see some of the panel descriptions, particularly the one where they go into the treasure vault. Nigel has made a note there to richard saying don't just make it purely ancient egypt because remember this isn't earth this is mobius and so yeah everything here reads at a glance as ancient egypt there is a sarcophagus but of course it's a slightly weird one and um yeah everything is just a little bit odd and we well, you, s- you see the
0: sarcophagus in the very top most right of the panel where it's got the face of a little bear that's no, right. Yeah, I didn't
1: I miss that one until now. I absolutely love a bit where Captain Plunder says, Filch, you coward, you're a ghost. Make friends with these lads.
0: I think these are the wrong sort of ghosts, Captain. <laughs>
1: What a great line!
0: (laughs) Because it's like—I don't know whether that. Yeah, you wonder. It's like because the ghosts are part of the game, so he's put them in there, and it's like has he only realized like belatedly Captain (laughs) Blunder has a ghost on his team, and there might be a bit of a conflict here, so they just make a joke out of it instead.
1: Because on the one hand, it feels like a conflict, and on the other hand, it feels like a great reason to to have these characters be in this story because there's going to be ghosts, so it's thematic. Ghosts and treasure, that's Plunder and his gang. And yet, yes, these are a different sort of ghosts. So yeah, I, I just like that. Also, I never noticed this, and I absolutely love it, that Captain Plunder just gets punched in the head by a ghost. Oh <laughs> yeah, I did not notice that before. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... Until I saw it in the script where it says he's, he's struck by a ghost or whatever. And it's like, wait, is he? Oh, yeah! <laughs> I thought he was just scared, you
0: know, and dropping stuff. I do like uh, Elton's work on this whole darkness sequence. I love this panel of the, the lights starting to feel just on the page with the treasure vault Mm. and the harsh shadows that start to appear on Sonic. I just really love that drawing of Sonic in that panel, to be honest. And then the whole darkness sequence is the characters are all in varying shades of blue as the light from the ghosts lightens up the darkness.
1: So if you haven't played the Sandopolis Zone listeners, this is a, a gimmick across the Zone, which is that you're in this pyramid and it starts off normal, but the light fades in stages. And you can switch it back on again if you can get to a handle in time. And, you know, you'll just automatically grab the handle. But the first time the light goes dark, these little glowy balls start to appear. And with each stage of the light going darker, they turn into bigger ghosts. And the final stage is that it is now pitch black, and they are big, scary ghosts who swoop at you and get you. Big teeth. Yeah, they're, they're a bit different here. They're a bit bigger. They've got, you know, longer arm span here and so on. But um, they're basically the same sort of idea. And so, yeah, this has been turned into the premise of the comic, that it's just guarded by these ghosts, which, with each panel, they get bigger until, you know, by the next page, they're really big. And it's... God, dear... Maybe these seven pages are the most accurate game-to-comic adaptation ever made of anything. Quite possibly. And I would put
0: forth the notion that that's a part of why the Sonic & Knuckles adaptation is so well-remembered by
1: literally everybody that ever looked sideways at it. Yeah. This is what you expect. This is what you want when you want a comic of Sonic & Knuckles. And
0: this will continue on into the next bunch of issues. Yeah. This level of faithfulness. They really
1: go for it. On the Sonic mm. and
0: Knuckles adaptation, yeah,
1: they do. Now there was a slight—I remember at the time—feeling slightly differently about it, which was that I thought that the comic was randomly picking and choosing bits of Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles to do, and then it all kind of, you know, comes to a head at more or less how you would expect to go along with the games. But now that we've been doing STCTP, and I realize the ways that those little bits of Sonic 3 & Knuckles have been spread out across the comic, actually, most of it's in there, and it's in roughly the right sort of order. Mm. (laughs) And... Yeah, it, all it is is that they skipped Angel Island Zone and went straight to Marble Garden. That's it. Yeah, they do it with both games, because it's like they skip the Angel Island yes. and Hydro City and
0: jump straight to um, Marble Garden, and in this one that they skip Mushroom Hill and Flying Battery and, and
1: jump up to Sandopolis. So, yeah, all they're doing is skipping bits, and it's because they can't come up with a story for those bits. Whenever there's a story, they do it, and they do it right, and it's, it's just great. Well, it's like Flying Battery. You'd have to cut Flying Battery, because that doesn't Robotnik
0: doesn't have that level of presence on the floating island like that he doesn't mm. have that sort of stuff at his command up there yeah I suppose he could have worked it in somehow but it wouldn't have been
1: yeah you can come up with something I feel like wouldn't it be interesting as a little project for STC online to you know insert the missing chapters <laughs> <laughs> in the saga take in between issues yeah yeah and make it so that they do fit in the way that you know the Carnival Night Zone, yeah. or the way they did it, uh, the Loose Dringer, did the Ice Cap
0: Zone, yeah. just in a
1: in a separate like two parter off to the side. There you go, STCO, get on that. <laughs> you can do that. We will give you <laughs> that. That's for free. <laughs> DLC for the original, uh, <laughs> for the original <laughs> adaptation. adaptation. Yeah. I, I remember always being
0: a little puzzled, and the script sadly sheds no light on this. And this this final beat with Sonic and Knuckles where. They're flooding the pyramid with sand yes. And Sonic's like Well, since we're trapped in here with the sand Aren't we gonna And Knuckles goes Ah, the, the ancient texts tell of a secret exit Of course you can't always rely on the ancient texts Oh, I was right Come on Before the sand covered, He pushes open a doorway behind some hieroglyphics And then Sonic goes Huh? Oh, right And I'm like Well, what were you not yeah. paying attention what's the deal with that but there's no
1: context for it in the script that's what i wanted to see the script for <laughs> yeah that was also why i wanted to see the script i cracked it open just for that because it is weird yeah sonic's the full quote is from sonic uh? uh uh oh right hey what do you think happened to captain plunder so it's just like a it's a bit of filler and i thought like why is that there maybe there's a there is a clue because it, the next line is a little bit different it's kind of huh? oh, right, I was just thinking about what might have happened to Captain Plunder. So maybe it's no, meant no, no, no. to that's, illustrate that he's just off he's in the off clouds, in not world, yeah. listening. Which still doesn't
0: seem right either way. It seems poorly
1: timed. What I would have expected to happen is for the... Hmm? Oh, right, to get cut. Yeah, no. that. Not, But, the, it, not but the it didn't. Bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? But anyway, what it turns out,
0: what has happened to Captain Plunder... Lovely beat. To end the story on is that they've gone back to the ship, and rather than tell all the uh, the other pirates up there that they were chased out by a couple of ghosts, it's uh, and then two hundred evil spirits, each with seven heads and blazing eyes, attack us from all sides. <laughs>
3: Quality. What I found a little bit off about like those two panels was he mentions the secret exit in the ancient texts, then mentions yep. that they're not always correct, but then they yep. were correct anyway. Yeah. Like, is is that sort of like? <laughs> foreshadowing a time where the ancient texts are going to be wrong in like six issues time or or did he <laughs> just need so, more no. words to fill that bubble i think it just adds a bit of
1: peril i think it's like because he's brashly basically if the texts aren't right and there isn't a way out they're just gonna die yeah. now because knuckles did i the think thing. i remember <laughs> always sort of reading it and i don't think
0: this is the intention but i remember my kid brain reading it as knuckles taking a moment to mess with sonic oh. that makes sense
1: oh <laughs> right I like that.
0: Yeah, of course, you can't always rely on... (laughs) And, uh, you know, a lesser dude who was not nearly so
3: blue and cool would potentially freak out (laughs) at that moment. But Sonic, turns out, not even paying attention. Maybe that's why that, uh, all right thing is there, because he's not even phased by Knuckles trying to mess with him.
1: Do you know, you're right there, because I actually did read it that Sonic is not freaking out, but, like, I think he looks a bit worried there. He's got a little, uh, you know, he's got little motion lines around his head. He's kind of looking up, looking concerned. I think the motion lines are maybe supposed to represent the shaking as the sound comes The movement. Yeah. But then, yeah, he, he doesn't even seem to have been listening. So, he's like, what? Mm? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. I think
0: there's just sort of maybe not quite enough panels to fully sail. Whatever is going on here, whether it's supposed to be Sonic lost in thought, wondering about the pirates, or Knuckles messing with him, or even just like as you said, if it's supposed to be a moment of extra peril, mm. there's maybe like maybe we need one more panel there to fully sail whatever it is exactly it's supposed to be. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's the height of any complaint I can yeah, level. Yeah, it's, it's these a really nitpicky
3: thing to to get
1: hung up on. <laughs> and then you end. On the little caption which says, next issue, oh. ten, nine, eight, seven 8, <laughs> 7, what a great little cliffhanger <laughs> caption that is, because we know what it is, we know what you need a countdown for, but like, ooh, <laughs> it could be a bomb going on, it could be, there's no information, it's just like, you watch out, something is about to happen when we get to zero. <laughs> oh, we're in it now, and I feel like I've used yes. that phrase several
0: times this yes. year already, but oh it's great to go back oh. to these and realize that they do in fact whip ass. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, we were right to start this podcast. <laughs> two years later we discover, yes Oh, this has been a top quality two parter, I have to say. It doesn't represent um it doesn't represent any kind of quantum leap in the quality of the work being no. produced by the creators. It's just just everything's just Ooh, just mm, just right there in that sweet spot. Ooh. And it represents so much of what I want Sonic Stories to mm. be. But I don't feel like it's responsible for instilling that desire in me, if you know what I mean. I don't think like, mm-hmm. you know, 26 years ago, I read Mystery of the Sandopolis Zone and forever decided <laughs> thereafter that I wanted yeah. my Sonic Stories to be game accurate. I already had that. <laughs> and this was... Mm, so it just piles on top of my already existing <laughs> yeah. desire Do you know
1: i've never realized this before but i mean i must have realized it originally but we we were looking at uh, my diary entries for this sort hmm. of time last issue and and i got here like the, you know one of the things i'm saying in it is that oh i can get to and then it's some level in sonic and knuckles and it must have at least been sandopolis and so that means that as i'm reading this i am aware for the first time of whether or not it's an accurate adaptation yeah. of the game, and discovering that it's a bang on adaptation of the game, albeit plus Captain Plunder. And so, like, no wonder I was that into it. God, this is just. That's what I was saying before. It's like, I think that is why
0: the S3 and K adapt yeah. uh, is just remembered by everybody. <laughs> just really trying to save some seconds there in the edit, you know? Um, <laughs> is so well remembered by everybody because it is just. Ooh, it can
1: only be properly expressed through guttural noises. And the fact that, as you just said, it also doesn't represent any kind of quantum leaping quality just goes to show how good STC has been, Mm. that this is how good it's been. You just gotta sprinkle a little game
0: stuff in on there on top and it suddenly goes...
1: Just to really be like, you are appreciating this, right? Because this is some of the best comics are ever going to be in your lifetime. (laughs) Here it is,
3: but... um, that's what we old people think anyway. What about you, Eden? Was this all right? <laughs> I think it was a really, really good comic. Like again, I don't have the the, the Sonic and Knuckles touchstone to refer back to it, but like that yes. just proves that even standing alone, it works as a really mm. good the characters' interactions are good, it's punchy, it like all the beats hit really well, and it ends on a nice little villain trying to big himself up and then that countdown. It's it's all just it, it just works. Just mm. very good.
0: It's really uh punchy as well like just, from, just from like a structural from on a craft level it does a lot with its seven pages you oh, know we get that we, we defeat the pyramid guardian we go in we find the treasure then there's a curse then there are ghosts then they get past that bit then they sink the pyramid again like all the big sort of beats of the old i was going to say a tomb raider story but not that tomb raider you know a story <laughs> in which a tomb is raided
3: just really Slam down into seven pages without feeling rushed or glossed over in any way. Yeah. And like it's not like character interactions take a back seat to that or anything. It all just mm. it all just works as one big thing. Yeah. They take a front seat. Yeah, it's we would so we, good. With we, something we've said
0: before, but it's like, yeah, Kitching just really got the relationship between these two characters. And it's always mm. like at the forefront of anything they say and do to each other. Review Zone! Yeah, Review Zone! zone. Gosh, it's a dry Review Zone,
2: this issue. Mm. A dry three pages
0: as well. Not even the usual two. We're up to three again. I guess the ad revenue isn't flowing quite as freely still yet. We've got (laughs) Pirates of Dark Water from Mega Drive, Rock and Roll Racing from Mega Drive, and The Smurfs from Mega Drive.
1: There's something nice about the fact that we're still... There's enough Mega Drive games coming out yeah. that we can have a full Mega Drive review zone even in the issue where they're, you know, trying to flog us a Saturn. So I <laughs> it's not out yet, the Saturn, but you know what I mean? We're into the Mega CD and 32X territory and maybe it just goes to show how underused they were. Mm. Yeah. Did you
0: ever watch Pirates of Dark Water?
1: No, it looked too much like people. The alien world of Mer is being devoured by Dark Water. Only Wren, a young prince, can stop
0: it by finding the lost thirteen treasures of wool. At his side is an unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. At his back, the evil pirate lord Blood, who will stop at nothing to get the
2: treasures for himself. I
1: adventure
3: with the pirates of Darkwater. This was the first time I'd heard of it. Really? And <laughs> yeah. yet
1: you were just saying you're
3: all into pirate stuff. Yeah, like, this is clearly something that I had missed. But like when the review mentioned it being a Hanna-Barbera thing, I was like, is this a show that it is on the same like tier as Tom and Jerry and the Flintstones? Or <laughs> and I've just completely missed it. Or did it very quickly fall by the wayside? No,
1: this was them doing. Uh, it, it was a completely different style. They weren't working in that yeah, style. It was,
3: it was an action adventure show. Yeah,
1: yeah it was a more what you would expect a cartoon in the nineties to be oh. than in the you know in the Hanna Barbera sort of sixties mold. But um, I found it. Boring, but then it was about human people, and I was like, that maybe I should have another look at it. I mean, I, I
0: watched a bit of it here and there, but it never did much for me either. Ultimately, it just lives in my memory as one of the many examples of cartoons from our time that had a high concept that just never finished. Uh. This thing ran. Didn't even run two full seasons, you know, ran a season of 13 episodes. And then the second season was only eight episodes. And that was it. You know, and the, the aim of this really. was, well, what was it? Well, the game itself is set within the dark watery world of myrrh, where evil patches of water are in operation, which is not a good way to describe the whole dark water
1: <laughs> phenomenon. We're in operation.
0: Yeah. But the idea is that the leading character, uh, Ren had to collect the 13 treasures of rule to combat this evil force. And, um, yeah never found them all and the show ended you know it's just like dungeons and dragons or samurai jack or whatever where they just or jason the wheeled warriors where there was an end game there was a you know a finishing point to the story built into it that they just never did oh that's awful i'm sorry it seems like maybe they were working towards it i believe they collected a substantial number of the treasures whenever the plug got pulled but
1: yeah oh that's disappointing that sound the way you describe it that sounds like the sort of thing i would have been interested in dark water collect the treasures to defeat the thing Ongoing There's story. A
0: bird that looks like a monkey, voiced by Roddy McDowall, in it. Uh,
1: I'm less sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> But this game is generic. You know, what you would expect of a Batman game of the time. You're walking about on platforms, you're punching, or in this case, swording people in front of you. It's all, it's all very And the normal. whole
0: yeah. review is just Dave
3: Gibbon just describing almost
0: nothing. There's just no substance <laughs> to the review. He, he,
3: he definitely says it's a game that has yeah. game bits. Mm. It's like, At
0: the beginning of Pirates of Darkwater, you select one of the three characters who each possess a weapon, a dagger, an ecomancer energy, and a dragon bow. And it's like, I'm pretty sure the character didn't possess an ecomancer energy. <laughs> an energy. So I would say their weapon was... Ecomancer yeah. energy, but you don't know that. You don't care. You're just churning this out they have given. <laughs> it's so dry. It, there's no There's no flavor. Doesn't
3: even care to explain what Ecomancer is. is that like no, what is that I, even? I don't know. Like, earth power. Like I have no idea. It sounds like it could
1: be really cool, doesn't? It? Yeah. But he doesn't say what great. it is or make it sound good. When you walk into
0: certain characters, a communication screen will appear, enabling you to talk to them. Uh, Some characters will trade information for gold. Uh. this
1: is a man who trained under takushi (laughs) yeah
0: but it's more than just the
1: options screen i've never even heard of rock and roll racing i have and i'll tell you why in a minute let's just cover what it is first yeah rock and roll racing for the mega drive i urge you not to judge this as just another racing game says david gibbon quite excited about this one as rock and roll racing is really excellent originally released on the snes this new mega drive version features more tracks to get you moving in all the right places it's a fast and furious racing-slash-shoot-em-up that takes place across six planets far into the galaxy. Each one contains strategically laid-out tracks and ramps, plus handy pickups such as money and armour to prevent your destruction! Exclamation mark! You It seem
0: quite excited, but it just seems
1: like another racing game where you buy guns, stick them on your cars. Uh, yeah. it's like, it, yeah. it looks like it's one of those ones where the cars are little... Pre rendered car. It's not a racing game where you're looking into the track driving forwards. It's one where you're mm-hmm. looking at it from an isometric view and so you're turning the cars around like a micro machine's, except less directly overhead. Yeah, it's yeah. more yeah. isometrically looking, almost directly from the side, in fact, in the screenshot that I'm looking at here. So, uh, what I think of as a skid marks. On the Amiga! <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I know about this is that, uh, and this isn't mentioned here, this game is quite well known as a bad conversion to the Mega Drive from the Snares original mostly because of the compromises made in the sound see Rock and Roll Racing so named because they got the license to a number of actual like metal tracks of the Ah. time the sort of hair metal 80s type stuff I think and they, or it might even have been more contemporary than that, it might have been 90s stuff, I'm not sure. I
0: saw that mentioned on the Wikipedia article for the game, but I didn't read closely enough to see if that was just on the SNES version of it or whatever. Well,
1: it was real songs, and they were playing in the background in a relatively decent conversion. I feel as if, in fact, someone's told me who did the conversion at some point, so it might have been one of the name chiptune people. It was was quite good. Tim
3: and Jeff Fallon of, among other things, Silver Surfer for
1: the NES. It's a Fallin? Right. I'll take every opportunity I possibly can to play a bit of Tim Fallin. Here's one of my favourites that a lot of people don't know about. No, not Solstice. That's my overall favourite. Get it played in the PAL version. It's so good. No, this is Solar Invasion on the Spectrum. Listen to how Tim can shred on an AY chip. During this, there is this other gimmick, which is that they have a sampled commentator who is going on and on. For the snares, it's quite a lot of commentary samples. Now, on the Mega Drive, for reasons nobody can quite understand, they chose to prioritise that, the voice samples, rather than the music, even though it's called rock and roll racing. I don't know. Perhaps I'll dub this in. Or Sam, perhaps you can find out and you dub it in. (laughs) I don't know. If they just didn't get to keep the license, so they had to have soundalikes in the soundtrack, or if they did have the real songs but just done on the, you know, the jangly, spangly, not very good version of the, the Mega Drive uh, music sound.
0: No, no, they had the license. Kind of better if I just show you. Um, so we have Highway Star by Deep Purple, the SODS version, and you'll note that as Dave says, it's a very good chip version of the song.
1: Just listen. Transfer to the Genesis version in just a second. What I do know is every time the commentator said anything, which was all the damn time, it paused the music. Oh, that's bad. Mm. Yeah, and it just started up. It didn't even drop the sound, it paused it and started it up again after the voice sample had played at the point that it had paused.
2: Let the carnage begin! <laughs> RIP! Baited the last! Jake jams into first.
1: (laughs) So you're trying to, like, race to this rock and roll soundtrack, which was, like, the draw of the game. Rip looks lost out there. They did it in the worst way possible.
0: It's quite last lap. Well reviewed here in the the Raves and Graves box. The Graves is not a sausage.
1: So (laughs) Jake jams into first. Here you go. Yeah, so... (laughs) At least, according to David Gibbon, it's a great game. And I, maybe if you haven't played this NES version, to know what Viper last. it should be like. Maybe it is. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just a
3: really good game. Just a good racer. The review mentions Larry Supermouth Huffman as the announcer and doesn't <laughs> mention the music at all. No, yeah, that's yeah. the thing.
1: Which says a lot. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty
3: sure it was recognisable songs. In the Fast Facts box, it did get a lower score than The Pirates of Dark Water. Oh. Yeah.
0: And they could find a yes. negative for Pirates of the Dark Water, which is that it was unoriginal.
3: And also, like, I'm not an expert in math, but 84, 90, mm-hmm. and 92 yeah. should not average at 81. Don't don't worry about that part. Don't, don't worry
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've long since stopped bothering yeah. about that, because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, okay, just as Quick Google brings up, Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Peter Gunn by Henry Mancini. It's an oldie, and it's a, more of a jazz, but whatever. That, yeah, I can see why that's in. Born to be Wild... Oh, no! Uh, Radar Love by Golden Earring, which I don't currently know what that is, but it does say, bracket Sega Genesis only, so they were at least trying, trying, to. trying to... do it, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, either way, both games are outpaced in the score department by the Smurfs. Yes!
1: <laughs> yeah, I find that quite uh, satisfying, because yeah. I like the Smurfs. You know, the Smurfs looks
0: like quite a nice little fun game. You play Hefty yeah. Smurf, and then you have to go through the game rescuing the other Smurfs, and with each Smurf you rescue... They're added to your party, and you can use them to, you know, solve specific puzzles to get through in the game. And it's a good, good formula. It's a, it's a good idea for how to make a Smurfs game.
1: Yes. Now, one thing I'll tell you about it is that despite having this one and liking, oh, it, you had this one. Yeah. Oh, this is the one where I've brought it up a couple of times because it's the one where the background music is weirdly orchestral and meandering. You
2: know mm. that one. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I had this one. I like this one. However, it was very hard, and they do mention this. It's one of these ones where just moving the character about, not much thought has been put into the actual, like, responsiveness of the character. So... Every jump onto every leaf and mushroom is perilous, and basically, I never got to the point where I had unlocked another Smurf. The, Oof, reading this nice. review yesterday was the first I was aware that you were even meant to be able to do that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I I didn't get through this very well. Also, I must object to the opening. Phrase yes, field. I was
0: waiting to see if you were going to do it. I was going <laughs> to do it if you didn't.
1: <laughs> Once upon a time in the mid 1980s, a tribe of beloved blue people were born and introduced. Of the world as the Smurfs. Well, it was the '50s, actually. Yeah, say, yeah.
0: Smurfs kicking away <laughs> since the '50s. Cartoon from the
1: '80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. although not even because they had a film, didn't they? That might have been '70s that that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. came Magic before. Be, Hanna yeah, barbara The, yeah. the Hanna
0: cartoon was the '80s, but uh, the Mag- yeah. Magic Foot was dubbed, even wasn't it? Was it? I
1: oh, so? suppose it, to it so. would have been I'm Belgian, sure. would it? Yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, yes, this game. Largely quite satisfying. I think if someone were to mod it now, just to have better controls, I think it would be very good. But it was one of those where they were yes, they were so concerned with making it look like a little cartoon man jumping about that they didn't really quite jump in time, It's that uh, sort of thing. Uh, bad. You mad. Mm, it does a bit, but I, I persisted with it for as long as I possibly could. I mean, oh look, it, according there's a screenshot here with Gargamel in it, so I don't know whether the you know David Gibbon got to the end of the game or if that's just supplied by the uh, the manufacturers, but. Uh, Apparently it's possible to get to the end of the game. Maybe I should try it again as an adult, see if I can get there. Eden, you have anything to say about any of these games? Oh! Did you play any of these games?
3: I did not play any of these games. Um, I didn't imagine We had quite a limited Mega Drive library that was mostly Street Fighter and Sonic. Yes. Which, you know, what more do you need? Uh, Mm. So,
1: no. Yes. The only reason I had a copy of the Smurfs at all was because I was just going through a Smurfs phase, because- We all do from time to time, you know. <laughs> hate yourself blue in the morning. <laughs> Get bitten by a fly turn purple in the afternoon. I just, one of my earliest memories is of being very very little and my family had gone to stay in what i called the house on wheels which of course was a you know a caravan well not a caravan necessarily it was more like one of those parked mobile homes one of those yeah, and yeah, um yeah. we were just staying in this thing and uh, i remember three memories from this holiday one is that down that road we came to what i was just calling the party i don't know what it was but it was some sort of club or something where grown-ups were enjoying themselves there was a dance floor the dance floor absolutely cleared when the dj put on cliff richard's living doll (laughs) which at the time it had been revived as a comic relief single starring the young ones who were just basically interrupting it and being silly during it you know picking their nose and blowing raspberries and things Uh, so i because it was just playing the normal version of Living Doll and I recognized that a very key and important thing was missing from this. So I went onto that dance floor, like I thought it was a stage. It may even have been a stage. And I, you know, barely walking, clambered onto this stage and just noisily started blowing raspberries while picking my nose because I thought I was contributing
2: (laughs) to the enjoyment
1: of all of the grown-ups having a a party there. And uh, hey, maybe I was. But the third of these memories is that the Smurfs was on, and it was the first time I ever saw it. Uh, What I remember is a kind of a flowery border, which, of course, now I recognise must have been the title card to the episode, or the end credits. A flowery border with little Smurfs in the corners going, what are they? And my mum telling me they were Smurfs. So, yeah, when it came round to the mid-90s, I was like, Hey, remember the Smurfs? And I just got into it. And they randomly started showing it on TV and selling the toys near me and stuff. So it was like the exact time to get into the Smurfs. Getting
0: into the Smurfs, it doesn't... I was into it. <laughs> I know, but what- into it's not
1: exactly it. a deep pool to wade in, you know? <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's because... It comes from a good comic. True. Those original comics are good, and I now have the full collection of hardbacks on my on my shelf there. Haven't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I've read one and nearly, nearly two of them I've read, but they're so good, and the way they're drawn is so good. So I, as a kid, getting into them, uh, yeah, the cartoon's on in the mornings, and I'm like, this isn't so good, but I'll dutifully watch this. But randomly, all of the art, all the clip art of the Smurfs that's on the packaging of the toys and stuff is like weirdly good. Like, why is this drawn so well? And of course, I didn't know it was just because it was, you know, this old comic from the 50s. But there you go. Yeah, Smurfs. I was into them briefly. This game coincided with that, and I didn't get anywhere in it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's fascinating anecdotes. (laughs) Exciting. Engaging. (laughs)
2: Profound. It's time for your content. Dave's interesting (laughs) stories.
0: Definitely. I haven't had one of those in a while.
2: (laughs) Shinobi. Shinobi. One, two,
0: three. Adia! Power of the Elements, Part 2, written by Alan McKenzie, with art by John Howard, and letters by Tom Frame. Musashi is brought into the Yakuza's headquarters, but is revealed to have deceived his captors by using Piranha to appear unconscious. The Yakuza goons are no match for his shinobi skills, and the four elements specifically refrain from stepping in as a way to make a point to their new boss about the danger Musashi poses. Musashi overpowers the Yakuza and escapes, but while fleeing, he's then ambushed by a shadowy
3: group of rooftop dwellers. I think this is really cool yeah (laughs) shinobi (laughs) comics are just cool though aren't they they're just cool guys do cool things yeah
1: and that's not what little d have wanted but today (laughs) no it's not i just think this is cool it's just the way the baddies are being baddies at each other and they're double crossing each other and stuff like shinobi himself musashi himself not really in this one. He's just being passed from hand to hand. Doesn't
0: even say a word, does he? No. No. Oh, he goes, what? At the very end. Sorry, he doesn't (laughs) say one (laughs) word, quite literally. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, we've seen prana before. That's the technique he used to escape the nerve gas in the last serial, where they, you know, they Mm. shallow their breathing and uh, they can appear dead or unconscious. Mm. Draw strength from the earth.
1: Eden, have you been looking at any of these comics, or is it your first time seeing Shinobi?
3: Most of them I just sort of listened along. I did take a look at the shinobi comics just Mm. because you made them sound particularly Mm. cool but like that was the first time it was and just like the framing of the comics is so good like it's just the panels themselves even those look really cool. Like, I'm not too sold on the outfit that Masashi is wearing. And I think just in my head, mm. he was way more of a, a Ryu Hayabusa type character. Oh, well, this is
0: his uh, old man news vendor disguise. So, no, that, yes. not that makes a lot more sense. Shinobi. Yeah, they touch upon it once or twice here. Yeah, where at first panel they throw him down in front of the Akuzo boss and he says, Who is this old
1: man? Because he's in disguise, you see. ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But yes, it's odd that he's still got his disguise on all this time, later. right isn't?
0: the way up to the very last panel where even one of these rooftop dwellers says, he has a good build for an old man. Mm. And it's like literally the only thing that's marking him as an old man anymore is, I presume he must be wearing prosthetics. It doesn't necessarily come across in the art, but I suppose that's because we never see his face, so we don't know what he's supposed <laughs> to look like.
1: <laughs> yeah. It makes me wonder then if the reason he's still in his disguise is he's now going to continue to pretend to be an old man for the benefit yeah, of these maybe. rooftop people. Maybe. We'll, well,
0: I mean, the rooftop guys sussed him out as shit. What's the last line in the strip?
1: I fear there is more to him than me. eye, oh, yeah. my child,
0: he is Shinobi.
1: Okay, yeah. So probably not. <laughs> no. Probably not. <laughs> Although Shinobi doesn't mean Joe Musashi. It's just like, he could be an old man who's a Shinobi, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but I feel like the word is being used by this there, yeah. real old man on a rooftop, because that, that's an old sensei type saying it yeah, to mean yeah, a warrior that's
1: how you and... find out if someone's in disguise as an old man you need a real old man to, to be tell. like no, 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 <laughs> I can tell, one well, or one real old man can suss out another one a control old man
0: <laughs> I mean, I think if vaguely racist old kung fu movies have told me anything, it's that old Japanese men just possess incredible powers of perception that can see through yeah. any and old disguise it's, uh, it's old
1: yeah. dad's going off <laughs> His harage. His grey dog. His harage grey! <laughs> 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 got it! Got it, the
2: end!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, Dave, I do enjoy the way the bodies are being bodies. The way i summarized it in the summary was that they're making a point about the danger Musashi poses, but really, it's like. We saw last episode, they're cheesed off about being underutilized by the Yakuza that they have taken up with, and they're mm. like. See, you need us for this guy because your goons can't. You know, that <laughs> they're being very smug about it. You know, you did that deliberately. You brought him into my house knowing he wasn't properly subdued. You asked me to bring Musashi to you. Nobody said anything about rendering him harmless. Yeah. Did really trying her luck there, to be honest, because they I almost don't get it because it's like, it's not as if they're in the superior bargaining posture. They are the ones scattered. And, you know, cut loose by the disarrayed Neo Zed who came to Mm. this guy out of a
1: need for somewhere to go. That's true, actually. I never thought of it that way. I think what's happening here, then, is that they are establishing... This is them converting themselves from that to... No, actually, we're the powerful ones... We're going to be the big bads. I mean, look, they've got different coloured costumes on, so clearly they're the most powerful warriors in the room. Of
3: course, yeah. <laughs>
0: but still, the way what they then do once they've made their point is, no, we'll bring him back for you.
3: Yeah. And it's like, yeah. hey,
0: what's your game? I, I wonder <laughs> if they have
3: a game. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Knowing what I know from the Yakuza video games, like yes. a lot of it's probably going to be Maybe they just, like, I don't know, they want more money out of these Yakuza. They know that these guys are very rich. And if you want him brought in and, like, unconscious, that's going to cost you extra.
1: Mm. But they weren't even doing this for money. This is a sales pitch, isn't it?
3: Well, yeah, that
0: was... Last issue was the sales pitch, too. It was like, did you know he's outside?
1: We'll go and get him if you want. And they were like, yeah, all right, then. This is level two of the con. What they've done here is they've delivered this guy, and they have... A, shown that they are so perceptive that they can even tell when he's just hidden a little knife on his person or whatever it is he's got. Hmm. And B, by doing that, they've established that you can get out your Uzis, you can get out all of your strongest men. This guy will defeat you we reckon he won't defeat us, so now they yeah. now they do have a stronger bargaining chip because they're like, we're prepared to go after him.
0: It does seem to be like a, Yeah, generally speaking, it's a they are proving their value to this bloke who is their new boss who has not been utilizing them properly. But she really shouldn't be mm. being so smug about it is all mm. because <laughs> yeah. it only happened in the first place because you let it happen. This yeah. is, What happened here now was your doing and your fault so if you're trying to right-foot this, it's you're not a uh, but.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Also, by the way, how about that bloke just getting literally gunned down? I
1: know, yeah. <laughs> Something we always like to point out when we find it in STC, which we find relatively often. <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's that, Um. I think it's that one of the Yakuza guys goes, okay, here I am with my Uzi, I'm going to shoot Shinobi. But Shinobi is so good at jumping that he out of the way of things. He jumps out of the way of the bullet, and it goes into another of the Yakuza guys. Is that? Am I reading that right? Yeah, he dived out of the yes. way in that way. He's
0: hit that fella's leg, and the fella's fallen over backwards into the path of the bullets.
1: Yep, and it's gone right through his yeah properly. You it's, can it's see just, them Yeah, you're out seeing of his the back poof, and shoulders,
3: the exit wounds. Yeah, yeah. That guy, That's that guy really is cool. dead. There's no coming back from that. Yeah.
1: No. Really, really, really cool, really cool. <laughs> um,
0: I like this uh, bit where he jumps out the skylight as well. I really love that penultimate panel on that page just where it's the foot first shot of him bearing yeah. down on the glass and then poof, literally just yeah. a standing well it's not a standing jump a running somersault that carries him up out through the skylight like that's yeah. just cool that's just, really that's cool. just good <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just cool, just cool new. Zorro. New sign for this issue, J.J. Hunsaker. There's a new name. Oh, We've yes. Lost, Hello, uh, J.J.
1: Hunsaker. We had uh, Gary. It used to be Gary Payne. Then it was Chris Jones for a couple of issues. This mm. is another new name. Oh, I should have looked them up. Do you remember I mean, right at the start of this podcast, we were all like, oh, yes, this is a journalist who's worked for... Da-da-da-da. Let's see if I can find anything about... Oh, gosh. Okay, JJ Hunsecker is a fictional character from the film The Sweet Smell of Success.
0: Well, there we go, then. Mm, Powerful and
1: sleazy newspaper columnist JJ Hunsecker from a film. Is it does this... like a fake name, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so... that, by the way, it's a 1957 film. So it's well and truly established by the time this comes out. It is a character referenced on The Simpsons. So this is, yeah, this is a fake name. That oh. We are being lied to here. <laughs> it could be
0: Gary Penn or
1: Chris Jones then. I wonder
0: why they felt they need to do that.
1: It could just be anyone. It could yeah. just be anyone at all. Interesting. Huh. But the character is a sleazy newspaper columnist played by probably either Burt Lancaster or Tony <laughs> Curtis, two men who are in this film. <laughs> well,
0: it doesn't come across anywhere otherwise because it's just a perfectly normal news zone otherwise. Oh, yes,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to have to educate ourselves, aren't we? We're going to have to go and watch the, the deal Sweet deal Smell of Success. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Neptune and Saturn go into orbit. New Sega consoles look heavenly. What's mm-hmm. the skies? It's the announcement. The official, like, we've had the Saturn mentioned once, or probably more than a couple of times. In past issues of STC. Yeah, but just
1: sort of offhandedly.
0: But the first time it was ever mentioned, it was just dropped into conversation out of nowhere. No build-up, yeah. no explanation of what it was, except for the fact that it existed and they spoke of it as if we already knew what it was. But here's yeah. the full and proper reveal of it, as it were, with pictures of both the Neptune and the Saturn. And the Neptune's the first one they talk about here. The Project Neptune, they do stress here, is still only the code name. And They said it was going to be called the Genesis 32X in the US, but they didn't have a name necessarily for the uh, European or Japanese market yet, and this was a console that would combine the Mega Drive and 32X into one. It was essentially, just a console version of the 32X. This is
1: so strange to me for so many reasons. Firstly, because the actual next console, the Saturn, which was out in Japan already, it's that really Sega are trying to make this the next console, at least the Japanese Sega. It's given a little picture up in the corner. Yeah. Most of the page is taken up by this picture of this this Neptune thing. Yep. And, yeah, the other thing that feels weird about the angle that they're going with here is that, like, they're constantly talking about it as this combination system. Why was the 32X released at all? Why not this? Why wasn't it just Mega Drive Plus from the beginning? Well, it's well, so strange. I,
0: I guess because the 32X could be presented as an add-on to your Mega Drive that has added mm. value, whereas this would be a replacement for it. But the yeah. thing is that this is cheaper. It's not as cheaper, as it is, but it's not dear. It's not significantly it dear, not? either. Price for the Neptune should be under £200 for the base unit. And what was it, the the Mega, the 32X Let's was it. £170, 180 wasn't
1: it? Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's... Okay, so basically you're paying about the same price for... What is here, basically what is a deluxe Mega Drive, Mm. as you are for the add-on. Then the question
0: becomes, I suppose, looking at it, could it take Mega Drive games, or could it only take
1: 32X cartridges? Oh, were they physically different? I don't know, I was hoping you No, neither
3: do I. (laughs) I don't know either. I believe they were different. Oh, Um, so yeah this this just plays 32x games doesn't it well then that's absolute nonsense what what
1: are they doing well you okay why not just release a deluxe mega drive that can play 32x games built in well that doesn't matter because this is the biggest it
0: never happened in the history of the news zone Yep, it never happened it's a total fabrication it's a fake it's fiction it never happened. This did not come out. The
3: cancellation of this was announced in October of this year. Yes. I was going to ask, did this ever yeah. come out? Because in my head, I was like, no, the Neptune got cancelled, right? The mm-hmm. never yep. came out. I didn't even know what it was until I got to this page.
0: It's just weird to see a picture of it, because normally yeah. whenever we get these moments in the news zone, at most we get, you know maybe a screenshot if that but usually mm. it's just a mention and then these things just sort of never happen but no there's a literal picture of a console that did not come to be
1: and it looks quite good it looks like what you would expect a deluxe Mega Drive to look yeah, yeah Great. it's sleek
3: it looks like a Mega Drive except yeah a bit different, you know. It could just be like because there, there were like what three different Mega Drive versions. This could just be mm. the latest iteration of the Mega
1: Drive. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like, except with a certain amount of design parity with the Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, if it basically just it's all black instead of having red buttons or gray buttons or whatever. But um, you know that counts, and yeah, it's so fascinating to me what the mucking about Sega were doing at this time with their hardware, just trying stuff just throwing stuff out and going like how about this no how about this no but chunks of it is because of like the different directions that the different regional yes. versions of the
0: company were trying to do as well that's exactly like, what it was the mega drive was still hot shit over here they didn't
1: mm-hmm. want to be replacing it yeah behind the scenes sega of japan are going well it's time for the next generation and sega america going no, no no it's not this is great we're leading the market and meanwhile in the next generation we're never gonna lead the market so let's just yeah. stick with this one let's be the cheaper option let's stay here and of course both of them were sort of wrong because over in japan like actually i think in japan the saturn sort of won the console war of that generation but it didn't translate over i think i'm not sure that's true i think it did it didn't translate over in the west though and yet at the same time neither did the western approach no sonic no yeah no sonic that's what it came down to no sonic same on the 32x maybe if there'd been a sonic 4 We'd have all gone and flocked out and got it, but instead they muck about with this weird knuckle. Mind you, no, I take that back because to me, Knuckles: Chaotix was as good as there being a Sonic Four, and I still didn't approach getting an. Yeah, yeah see him. <laughs> so, I guess it wasn't enough. I guess there's just no justifying having something like that when. It was just so clear that you didn't need to bother with it. But uh, running rings around the hey.
0: Neptune is hey. Sega's much-heralded new super system, the Saturn. And then there's a little note from
1: Megadroid that says, these Humes and their little jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here it is. The Sega Saturn finally announced. And it's going to be four Hondo pundo. Oh, my word. Bye, man. So it says the sega saturn sports a nifty black new livery for the uk market as opposed to the gray case of the japanese model and should be hitting shops around the uk in september start saving those pennies now because it will cost around 400 quid the saturn will only run cd-rom based software produced especially for it and then they finally say something we've had to mention a couple of times. Yeah. The cartridge slot shown in the picture on this page is only for special RAM carts that can be used to save game moves, levels, etc. Game moves. Save your
0: progress.
1: (laughs) Jesus. It's
3: It's a memory memory card card slot. slot.
1: Yes. (laughs) Game moves. (laughs) What are you on about? Uh... So STC will be taking a closer look at Neptune and Saturn nearer their release dates. In the meantime, just keep watching those Sega stars.
3: Is save game moves a a typo? Is it supposed to be move (laughs) game saves? Like from one Saturn to another? Um... That would make sense, but I'm
0: 100% sure that no. That yeah. they wrote what they meant and they meant yeah. what they wrote because it's they don't really understand video games, actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving them too much credit. Do you know, I don't think I've ever in my life laid hands on a Saturn. Never played one. Never once. No, no maybe I not really. Dreamcast, but... Uh...
1: I did, around the time of the Dreamcast. I took this absolutely for granted at the time... It's never happened again. I happened to wander into a, a game station somewhere in, uh, I want to say, maybe Nottingham or Leicester or somewhere. And I bought a Sega Saturn and Knights and the Knights controller 20 quid. Fadina! F- you know. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, you know, censor that. But it was a very yeah, <laughs> genuine response. <laughs> well, it means that I can use a Knights sound effect for it. <laughs> yeah uh that's why maybe maybe it was all of 30 quid but like it was absolutely unbelievable it just that's just how much it was it didn't it wasn't even like they were trying to get rid of them because nobody wanted them that's too cheap even then though What year Uh, are we talking about? Well, we must be talking about 98, 99 sort
3: of time. crikey.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I've got a Saturn. Thinking about it, it was probably more like 2001 to 3 sort of time. Put it in context
0: like that, though, you know, you're talking about the Dreamcast then. Yeah. And it's already 95 now, and you're talking three, four years max, Mm. an entire console had come and gone by then, you
1: know, just... uh, Well, here's the thing. Nobody in the world cared about the Sega Saturn. Except for Lynn Triplett. That's, <laughs> I have met the single person on Earth who cared I about don't know me. who that is. Lynn Triplett is a very big, probably the leading Knights fan ever on the internet. Oh, okay. And uh, she was instrumental in the campaign that got us Knights 2. Uh, for all the good that that did. But the campaign was a good idea. She's an extremely good artist and we're going to be seeing her fan art later in the series. But that's it. That's the one person in the world who cared about the Saturn. It just didn't happen. It did not happen here. And, like, the what was on it? What, oh, oh, Burning Rangers. What was on the Saturn? You know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I couldn't even name you a Saturn game, except for Nights. Except nah. for Nights and a compilation of Mega Drive Sonic games. Those are the those are the games that we <laughs> care about here. Like Panzer Dragoon, and you couldn't oh, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't get it. Like, that was always hundreds of pounds. So <laughs> it just didn't happen. The, I'm sure I've said before on the podcast, but the, the one moment of the Sega Saturn entering the life of, of anyone in my vicinity at all happened one day on the bus when one boy oh, i remember this story yes <laughs> said to another boy oh, i'll ask my mum for a satin for christmas but oh she says i'm only allowed a playstation and there were <laughs> commiserations all around and like of course by christmas none of them wanted a satin they all wanted playstation they all got playstation and playstation succeeded and the fact that that, that was the reason why oh no, my mum says i've got to have a playstation suggests it was just cheaper and as it turns out, better.
0: Well, maybe Mum was a hardcore gamer who was doing her research.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Either way, yeah, the Saturn just lost. Speaking of consoles you never played, the other yes. uh, entry on
0: the news uh, zone here is Teals plays Pico, starring role for Miles Pryor at last. Teals is getting his own game on the Sega
1: Pico.
2: Hmm.
0: Ever hear of this
1: vaguely? Only in this. (laughs) Yep, same. (laughs) Yes, I think I've heard vague mention of it on the internet, but um, this is not something that made any kind of inroad into my life. But then I was too old for it. Looking into it for this, I actually think it looks really cool.
0: Yes, it's an edutainment... uh... You couldn't call it a console. It was an agitated no. games thing, you know, that uh, I had something not dissimilar to it, you know, taught mm-hmm. you your shapes, your numbers, your colors. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the way this worked was that the games were storybooks that plugged into it, and you turned the pages, and the, the actions you took were mirrored on the screen. You had a stylus, and you could drag <laughs> things around, touch things, and draw things and stuff. Excuse me. I just want to turn your TV off and turn you on to the power of your kid's imagination. This is Pico from Sega. You know, it works with storybook software. And this magic pen, touch the storybook and images come alive right on your TV, interactively. Touch the learning pad and they can draw, color. They can even animate their own cartoons. Speaking of which, I'll turn your program back on now. See you real soon.
1: Yeah, it was like a big, So basically imagine a clamshell type case thing that opens out a bit yeah looking like a laptop but on the top you slot in the big you know cartridge looking thing that had these pages on it that you you ring bound and they're not electronic pages they're just pages and you just turn them but the attached pen literally attached with a cable Mm. in some way you know some questron tech went into it and Do I mean Questron? You know, the little... Do you ever have a Questron? The, the, the wand, Chris? It was like a, a black plastic wand. You opened the book that came with it. You pressed it on the drawings and it went... Eww, eww if you were right or if you were wrong. That
0: rings a bell. I don't think I ever owned one, but definitely rings a bell.
1: Or eww, 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 if you were super specially right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Questron is the exciting new way to make learning fun. C-A-T-B Right. One plus two is four. As wrong. Yeah. With a wide range of colorful workbooks and a magic wand, children can find
0: out when they're right. B or when they're wrong. But so they just keep on learning. Yeah. Questron, the fun way to bring learning to life.
1: And it was all just done by color recognition. The pages just had different patches of color on yeah. that it recognized. Well anyway, this pen, in some way, you know, rea- it's like a VTech toy. I was going to say, it's the, tech the vtech
3: things. the Leapster pad things. Yeah. yeah. Little kid DS. The one that we had was uh, the
1: Vtech video painter, which looked a lot like this. It was a, a white tablet type thing. You plugged it into your TV or your video, and it just allowed you to essentially draw on the screen and, and yeah. move around some uh, pre-animated fairies and wizards and things. Well,
0: that could have been the thing I had. Yeah, rings yeah. a bell yeah. I remember, it was VTech anyway
1: It was VTech, you were supposed to video it, it was called Video Painter Yeah, yeah Now when you turn on your TV, you can turn on your imagination
2: With Video Painter, what you draw is what you see, right on your TV And there are all kinds of
3: pictures that appear at the
2: push of a button There's even animation
3: It doesn't turn on picture copies It turns your TV into a masterpiece Video painter from VTech.
1: Turn your TV into a work of art. That's the sort of tech they've got going here. It's ostensibly made by Sega, but I would not be at all surprised if it turns out it's VTech, because it's exactly the sort of thing they yeah. make.
0: And, I think it was uh, Sega. No, uh, the game is called Tails and the Music Maker. Yes, where are you and it's as you say, they're edutainment. So I think this is about teaching kids about making music.
1: About music, yeah. Mm. I had a look at a video of it. Some nice little animations on screen that you can make happen. Press Tails and he'll. There's one where it's a sort of a little uh, mock Sonic level where Tails is running along and you have to hit the buttons that are like jump now, duck uh, now, things like that. Type thing. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, there was another one where you've got a keyboard on the page and also on the screen, and you just press it to play notes, that sort of thing. So yeah, very basic oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. music-based little bits of fun.
0: There was another Sonic game for the Pico, but it wasn't out. I don't think it ever no. came out here, and it um, only didn't come out in America until uh, the year after this, so that's why they don't mention it here. Sonic Game World, it was called.
1: This is the sort of thing that uh, it says here they also brought out a Mickey the Mi- Mickey the Mouse, they also brought out a <sighs> Mickey Mouse, and they also brought out a Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> you were gonna say he poop <laughs> 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 but yeah that that's the sort of thing this is it's a it's a kid's thing and it's yep. sweet and it's it's basically it's too it's aimed to preschool to really be in STC yeah.
0: It's odd yeah, that they're mentioning yeah. it. it's just because it's got tails in it the yeah. thing about this though that I read though was right so this didn't really take off here. And they discontinued in about three years' time in 98. This lasted until 2005 in Japan. Wow! Wow. Whereupon they just released the new next-gen version of it, the Pico Bina. (laughs) And I can't find any statement as to whether or not that's even been discontinued. Wow! And the games listed on Wikipedia are dated at least up to 2011.
1: Wow! Wow! I know! It does make a certain amount of sense because this is a preschool toy. So it's more like you speak and spell. Yeah, yeah. It's way more like timeless. Yeah. There's no need to replace it, really, at all. Like it does. I mean, I suppose you'd want there to be a screen in it now, but not really. You don't need that. I mean, I think any kid would want a screen in it now. Mm, I, I yeah. agree. Yes.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's the next version of it. I,
1: <laughs> I I just don't know how expensive that is to produce. You know, do you, do you yeah, would that true. make it iPad price or not?
0: I'm sure back in the day it was all done with red, yellow, and white cables, but mm. one HDMI cable would do it these days. Yeah, mm. interesting little thing though. But as you say, yeah, so pre
1: y that it feels a little odd to even read about it here. <laughs> zone. He's back and he's proud. Yes. Tales has returned with a brand new story, and to help celebrate, STC has devoted the graphic zone to that incredible fox. <laughs> well done to these artistic boomers for such original portrayals of Tales. You'll each receive an original STC badge. Ooh, um, not seen since issue two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not saying that
0: anymore. These all feel a bit like uh, leftovers from recent graphic zones, don't they?
1: they do don't they yeah
0: it's tails dressed
1: as stuff it's one of them yep and the first one
0: is one that would have fitted well into our valentine's graphic zone from not so long ago it's girl tails
1: it's girl tails tails all the the...
0: symptoms of being a woman that we discussed (laughs) in that previous
1: issue all of the girl paraphernalia that children (laughs) simply hook on to drawings she's got eyelashes she's got a
0: ponytail she's got lipstick She's wearing a skirt. And it kind of stops there, to be honest. She's got pink shoes. Her shoes are pink. (laughs) That's that's a girl.
1: (laughs) But not according to the caption, which says, Tails, bored with his overcoat already?
0: Yeah, as if this was Tails uh, dressed up.
1: Generally speaking, up till now, when kids have sent in a girl version drawing, they have... Treated it as a separate character in the captions, haven't they? But this is just like, this time they're making it that it's Tails who has dressed up.
0: Well, I guess that's because they're trying to go with the line that everything in this graphic is Tails. Because right underneath that here from Christopher Davis in Cleveland, we've got a sort of Devil Tails. Uh, It's probably my favourite drawing on the page, actually, because it's so simple (laughs) and charming. It's just a black version of Tails with a cape and fangs and and a trident, a little devil's trident. Tails dresses for dinner. It's because yeah. uh, he's a vampire. Hey. But yeah, we had that uh spooky graphic zone not so long ago. I guess it was back around Halloween.
1: Evidence here that they coloured him orange at first and then scribbled over it in black to make him Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know, shadowy or something. Evil. I guess so. <laughs> it's just you'd think red, wouldn't you, if you were doing a devil? Which they clearly are. And they have red, because there's the red on the shoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. red's not <laughs> yeah.
0: very di- not different enough, I don't think. No.
1: Yeah, that's true. Top right, the most elaborate one. Mm. Tails gets his skate brackets board on. Okay. Really not necessary. No. No. None of that. Just say gets his skateboard on. You're all right. No, it just gets his skate on. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they've forced themselves into this parenthetical situation here. Yes. But uh, it's Tails dressed up to go skateboarding in his best wikey clothes. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Backwards baseball cap, sunglasses, denim jacket, torn jeans, boombox...
1: Skateboard. Yeah, skateboard with a drawing of, of tails on it, looking all stylized. Oh, I thought, stylized. thought that was
0: a drawing of Amy, actually. Oh, really? It could be either. Really, I thought it was Amy just because of the. What well, I thought what mm-hmm. could be tails quiff was Amy's spikes, uh, and it I just see. seemed to me like having a drawing of a girl like on a mud flap seemed like something a cool <laughs> dude might have <laughs> on their skateboard.
3: But it's not just a skateboard; it's a rocket skateboard because it's oh, yeah. just that see, cool. It's got wings going. and a rocket on that. the
0: back. I couldn't tell exactly what was going on there because it does look like it's got a giant sort of spear, as in the, you know, from the card suit. It's like a giant yeah. black spade underneath it.
1: Yeah, but it's what it is is it's got a rocket on the back and it's got like wings at the sides to kind of help propel it. Yeah, quite right. Didn't know
3: it Makes that. it look a little bit like he's riding a, a stingray, but... Yeah.
1: I like it. That'd be a really cool skateboard actually I, I hope that's based on something <laughs> in real life maybe this kid maybe richard gifford of sherwood nottingham had this and went rocketing around sherwood forest with it it'd be probably quite
0: aerodynamically unsound, though wouldn't it because Would if it? you rock the board at all the wing is going to hit the ground
1: oh well i don't i'm not a that's skateboarder true. so i don't know yeah that sounds like I you're neither right am I, but uh, no it sounds like you're right and yeah <laughs> no the hats... imagine. Either one of us <laughs> <laughs> That we'll need to learn so that when we do get to do a live show at Pod UK Oh yeah maybe. we
0: can well well what'll happen no but like you can get on the board and scrunch yourself up, elbow pads and knee pads in the helmet and just get and I'll just hold you by the shoulder and gently <laughs> <on the> <laughs> and you do a sick flip <laughs> what where
1: i get up and pick up the skateboard and turn it around and put it down again and get back on (laughs) to be honest you probably just get motion sick and have a big sick (laughs) on the
2: stage
1: (laughs) sick nasty yeah Tails' hat says wike on it w-i-k-e i don't know why they've decided to imagine if the kid wrote nike and STC were like, we're not sure we're allowed to print that, so they just turned it into Wike themselves. But I, don't think
0: I that... won't rule that out, no. honestly. Look at that left stroke on
3: the W. <laughs> at the very least, I think somebody wrote Nike and then corrected it into yes, Wike, Whether or not exactly. it's the kid or STC editors remains yeah. to be seen. Could go either way there, but
0: yeah, I'm 100% in agreement. Somebody wrote Nike first. Mm-hmm. Then maybe but... his mum was like, I don't know if they'd be able to. Maybe <laughs> <you should." laughs>
1: yeah i bet it was i bet i bet she was like oh you probably won't get it published because of that why not change it yeah <laughs> probably um and then the final picture is just lovely and inspired and it's uh, i don't know why they they must have run out of yeah it just sprint. fits in nicely into the space allotted really doesn't it yeah it's called Tails chills out we don't know who sent it in and it's it's, it's just a, a circle with <laughs> tails and tails coming out of it because Basically, what it is is that he's rolling down a snowy hill and he's made a big snowball. Yep. I think there's something charming in the simplicity of this, though. Yeah, because it's just a circle, not coloured yeah. in circle, with two tails coming out of the back of it. That's great. <laughs> I don't even know why I know it's a t- snowball. Maybe it's because it says tails chills out.
0: Yeah, you're right. That is the only way you know, isn't it? <laughs> like, you could believe there's more on the page that, that was sent in that maybe yeah. communicates that flag, but that isn't obvious here but they tell us chills out so we can yeah so it feels like like yeah we have leftover things from the halloween the christmas and the valentine's day graphic yes. zones from the last
3: three or four months
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you ever draw any sonic fan art yourself eden
3: i have never been one to draw anything oh right that's never stopped sonic fans
1: before no <laughs> well no.
3: i'm sadly fan artless as far as sonic oh, goes. it's a
1: shame I was big into drawing Sonic as a kid. I really was. But then, but this was when I was old enough to think I was quite good at drawing. I think as a kid, would I have drawn. Draw- I definitely drew, you know, I drew Mr. Men when I was a small child. I don't think I sent them anywhere, though. That never occurred to me.
0: I sent a picture of Darkwing Duck oh. into. Was it the Disney Club, whatever they used to have on Sunday mornings? Disney Club, yeah. Or Saturday, maybe Saturday mornings. It'd be on ITV, yeah. Well, that
1: was Saturday Disney on the Saturday.
0: Could have been either one, whichever one of those. I think it, I think it was Saturday Disney, but yeah. I could whichever one of those showed Darkwing Duck and was on in the weekend mornings. Send a picture of Darkwing Duck to them. No idea if it ever got showed or not didn't i got i did get a response back you know i did get a little uh, letter back thanks so much for your picture etc etc here's a photograph for the presenter signed
1: hey. hey i'm pretty sure that is saturday disney and i know that because i have a tape that i an audio tape that i recorded off the telly wanting to record the dark wing duck theme tune oh, in stereo yeah. which has a bit of saturday disney before it so yes i think mean, that's what that was <laughs>
3: Spring has sprung, the days are getting longer, and the sap is rising. So, I'd like to introduce you to something new
2: on Saturday Disney. Now, some shows have a fancy garden, but not us. Oh no, Saturday
0: Disney would like to introduce you to the grow bag. There's not much in it, though.
2: Whoa! Looks like something dangerous. I'd better go, Star Queen Duck will sort this one out.
1: So you don't throw anything out? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Look look at my background. Why is my flat like this if I ever threw anything out? (laughs) Well, contextually, listeners, the Graphic Zone is on the left-hand page with on the right-hand page the start of the Tales strip. That's why they're making such a big deal out of it. So let's move on then to... Tales. Zone Runner and the Big Freeze. Part 1, written by Mark Isles, art by Roberto Corona. Oh, Corona. Colours by Brian Williamson and letters by Steve Potter. Tails is summoned back to the chemical plant zone by a holographic message from Sab, leader of the flock, where he discovers that the entire zone has been surrounded by a chemical cloud that has blanketed it in snow. Tails finds the flock's base in ruins and abandoned. Abandoned, that is, except for Nuts and Bolts' old hedgeman, Sol Furic. Um, here we are again. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not a great deal to it, is
0: there? There's a lot of unnecessary captions <laughs> yeah. that just describe what's happening in each of the pictures. Tails is on approach to the chemical plant zone, growing close to the cloud, and then they feel the need to put on the panel where he's in the cloud seconds later. And then the panel where he emerges from the cloud, more seconds later, when in fact
1: those captions were 100% not necessary and the art carried the action just fine. And again on page one, the floater drone projects a hologram of Saab. I, don't, I can see that. I, I can see it's projecting it, but the, really the purpose of that caption is
0: to say who Saab is for readers who haven't read the previous Zone Runner story. So You're you know, right. You know. Same way, I don't need to be told that Tails has found his computer on Mac in the drone. It's obvious from the art, but the caption tells me that he has to specifically illustrate that this is his Zone Runner gear so that it's a pre-existing thing.
1: I love that. They've, they've called Tails in to help them with whatever their current thing is but they reckon he needs his special helping coat. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, it doesn't do anything. It's not, it doesn't have any gadgets or protect him from any particular thing. It's just the coat that he needs to have so that Mark Isles can make a vague Blade Runner pun in the title of the comic. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this issue... There's, uh, there's really not much to comment on. It is just Tails... Is woke. I mean, first of all, well, mm, well, first thing to comment on is that the the opening scene is set in the Marble Garden Zone, which is obviously Mm. just wrong. That's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Not that, I mean, they've drawn the Marble Garden Zone. Oh, yeah. So this is in the script, but it shouldn't be because that's the floating island and Tails isn't just going to be napping on the floating (laughs) island
1: no not with knuckles around he'll shove anyone off who tries to
0: go also I mean we get straight in out of the gate with Iles' continued infantilization of Tails he seems to be sucking his thumb while he's asleep
1: yes I don't mind that so much but yes it is it is an example of that and and then even though it's a different artist now (laughs) the Tailsist mouth ever while he's doing his yawn (laughs) he's got his tongue dangling out down his chin
0: he's yawning to be fair but it's a
1: yawn it's just how to draw a yawn the tongue needs to
0: hang out And uh, yeah, the drone, which I like is because it's one of those floating platforms
1: from the chemical plant zone with an almost face on it. Oh, is that what it is? Because I was just looking at it going like it's almost an egomatic, but not quite. But yes, of course it is, yes. And it's
0: a message from Sab who says the flock are in danger and then the message ends with an explosion. Oh, no.
1: Yes, in the message. Yeah, it's like she's been exploded to death and can't finish the message. I thought that was quite exciting. Yeah, Yeah, good and then it oh and then the platform flies him off to save them mm-hmm. and there's two moons in the sky like that nice little yeah, oh, yeah. badly drawn on the
0: mind you because it's showing stars because you can see stars the through them yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know how that works but never well, I <laughs>
1: suppose if it's a fantasy enough world to have two moons it can be a fantasy enough world to have crescent f- literally crescent shaped moons <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a shame just that the cliffhanger of the thing is predicated on you remembering who Sulfuric is
1: enough to care. They're not really. I remember us mentioning that the sidekick baddies aren't really introduced even then no, like
0: even in the original one yeah they're just you're just sort of there
1: we were given names at the very last and we're supposed to go like w- 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 w-, and we're supposed to know who they are but we didn't we're going who are they yeah. and yes so when i was reading this having not really remembered that i just thought oh cool there's here's one of the sheep i guess that's fine then and then he's like no i killed them all well he
0: says they're all dead every last one of them not that he
1: killed them i think
0: that may be the double bluff that's being shot for here
1: but he's aiming a gun at tails while he says it Sure, but he's also got a gun for a hand, so he could just be pointing. To be fair, he's always aiming (laughs) a gun at anything.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he could just be trying to pat him friendlily on the shoulder. (laughs) this feels like the plot is happening around tails he has no agency in this strip at all
0: (laughs) oh yes thank you oh that's
3: like even to the point where the drone literally takes him like it's on autopilot it takes him exactly where he needs to go the bit of peril of oh no he's driving into a big bank of snow is like two panels later oh no that was just the entrance it just, it's just, it doesn't do a lot. And uh, just, on, on the second page, the second panel, in the middle of, like, the panel in the middle of the top row, his face there is the, like, it's, it is the antithesis of the face of a main character. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's looking at a little remote control, and he's like, oh, oh, geez, I don't know. Even, like, the bubbles even says, I wish Sonic was here to help, I just... Oh, it
1: does. I didn't even notice that one because I've become so used to them. That is just, one of the big
3: problems with the tail strips, is he's always saying that. If only Sonic were here. Mm, at least he used a different phrasing this time. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, this feels like an episode of Rick and Morty, but without Rick. And it's just Morty just, <laughs> oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I'm going to go and see what's happening. Oh. Oh jeez, I wish Sonic were here to help me. I'm yeah. starting to work up some anxiety about this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's just not a hero, mm-hmm. and he's not like he is the sidekick character. But that doesn't mean you can't write him as a hero in his own
0: strip. Yeah, yeah, that's just the uh, perfect expression of the problems with these aisle strips. And yet, and yet, and yet, this <laughs> still feels like one of the best ones he's done yes. oh, this yeah. chapter. Yeah, 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 Dave? Oh. yeah
1: definitely, definitely. They- Uh, maybe it's because i haven't yet been confronted with the because i don't care about the flock i've tried but i don't and so so far i'm not being troubled with them yet i've got what is quite a cool in fact they appear to have been massacred and uh that is actually quite an intriguing little hook it's like oh what is it then Mm. what of course they won't have been but like i am interested what is going on but not See straight away, we've got this sheep. I just don't care about these big sheep. Mm. I
0: don't. But we said it before. Like that's the problem with these Zone Runner stories: is that Tails is just a passenger in them, as mm. a way for Isles to like push along with with his original. Like
3: these guys are no short fuse. Mm. Like if Mark Isles wanted to write furry Blade Runner, I'd read furry Blade Runner. But having to jam a Tails in there, yeah. just it makes me lose all interest. If he'd just done a
0: Stringer and just made it about his own character out of the gate, it might have been better. I mean, I don't think, I mean, honestly, purely <laughs> because the Flock and Sab just aren't very interesting. But at least Stringer kind of had like the, I don't know, the strength of conviction in his concept to just tell it as a story, as a Sonic's world story and have it be its own thing. Whereas all this Zone Runner stuff is shoved into a tail strip in such a way that Tails is just passengered along by it. But as I say, this chapter is not quite as guilty of that because at the very least, Teals is the only one in it until the last couple of panels. And he makes the decision to at least go and investigate and help his friends if he can. It's not like, say, the goblin hunt story set in the Nameless Zone where you've got the elders of the village on either side of him just sort of jostling him along. Go, no, it's like, go on, you go on, you go. No, but what? No, I, on you go. And it's like... He doesn't have anybody to outwardly, vocally object to here, so yeah, he actually does decide this on his own at the very least. It's probably the most amount of agency an Isle script has ever given Tales,
3: and that's saying something. It's kind of tragic.
1: I've just realised what it is about the the flock. They look like Nobby the sheep off Ghost Train. <laughs> they do. I've never been that into Nobby the Sheep off Ghost Train. You know, it wasn't one of my favourites.
0: It is a simple fact that the puppets off of ITV just weren't as good as the puppets off
1: of ABC. Uh, well, well, I like Gilbert, the alien. He was good. Gilbert was nasty. He was nasty. That's why I liked him. I think Nobby the Sheep looked too much like a sweaty teenager. You know, he looked too human. <laughs>
3: Gimme Gordon the Gopher, any day. Yeah, all of these names are a bit before my time. <laughs> <same> <laughs> yeah, the Basil Brush, do they? There's a reason Basil Brush and Roland Rat got brought back.
0: <laughs> Why hasn't
3: Gordon the Gopher ever been brought back? Gordon the Gopher was on Standing with Roland Rat for a while. Yeah, isn't that? Odd? He might have been. I don't watch kids' TV anymore. He might. He might be presenting. CBBC now. I
1: think I'd have heard about it if he was. I yeah, think they'd have exactly. made such yeah. a big deal about it. The
0: Daily it. Mail would have made some complaint about how he was, <laughs> you know, uh, appealing to the lefties now. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how accurate that is. <laughs> I don't have anything else, honestly. Next issue, dead sheep don't talk. We'll see what's what. I don't. Again, I don't really remember what happens in this one, but no. I also don't care very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> Q Q Q Q back to random tips and cheats in the Q-Zone this issue here's a selection of cheats brought to you boomers by STC's own whiz with a chip David Gibbon Yes, whiz with a chip as in whizzer and chips that's all I can think of is
1: that it's a whizzer and chips ref yeah I don't know it must be like what else is it I mean I know know it's it's gotta be that they mean you know good with a game yeah
0: whiz with a computer chip
1: yeah Yeah, so it could have just been a way that they came up with to say that but it sounds so much like Wizard and Chips that they would have been aware of Wizard and Chips and not yeah. said it if they didn't you want say to influence
0: it. otherwise. It, yeah. It, it, the chip thing is such a tortured way to refer to a game. It's got to be a reference. Yeah. Yeah. It says a lot that this is also the most
1: interesting thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we've got a level select and invincibility cheat for the Lion King. The promised cheat from last issue. <laughs> You've got Earthworm Jim, that's also a level select. Something for the Hulk. Uh, once again, yeah, yeah. having to tell us what the Incredible Hulk is. The Incredible Hulk was something of a phenomena in years gone by. Long before a certain blue hedgehog came on the scene, the Hulk's speciality was turning green and ripping his shirts into shreds when he got mad. <laughs> if the game's been causing similar problems for you, I quite like that. Nah. That's quite good. That's a good segue. Yes, yeah, so it's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, having to introduce it. That and the Smurfs. That's the second classic comic they've had to explain... On the assumption that kids now don't know what it is. And then uh, Battlecore. Core design has been regarded as the saviors of the Mega CD after they came up with the stunning Thunderhawk. Well, they didn't save yeah. it very well, did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> Battlecore was a follow-up to that and features some truly excellent graphics. So then you've got a you've got a level select for that as well. So there you go. It's all level selects this issue, yeah. That's the Q-Zone. That's it. Moving
0: on. All right. <laughs> Plunder and his Sky Pirates Part 2 Written and drawn by Nigel Kitchen With letters by FL. Captured by Robotnik's forces Captain Plunder is speedily put Through a sham trial and imprisoned To await execution Fortunately however, his cellmate A cartoonish black and white cat Named Simpson Claims to know of a secret passageway That will lead them To freedom This is
3: high comedy this is fantastic I agree this is very good and not just because I'm biased towards pirates <laughs> Eden
1: is this your first look at a Nigel Kitching drawn strip I bet it is
3: yes I think it is
1: good is he this is the guy who does decap attack usually and we just think he's great
3: oh is this the decap attack this is the that, decap attack that artist that makes a lot of sense
1: also he's the one who you know writes the big sonic strips he wrote yeah. the one in this one but this is him drawing and it's god I like it <laughs> It's
3: very good. It's very
0: good. I love all the all the uh, lawyers and the judge. They're all like vultures and pigs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I feel like he might be saying something yeah. there. You know, oh, 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 the subtlety. It's so. I can't. Uh, <laughs> but it's
1: such a. Web, there's a big close-up of the vulture judge, and he looks gross. Positively skeksis. Fantastic. Skeksis. Well, yes. Yes. I tell you, that panel with the
0: close-up of the judge, oh. this joke has lived with me forever. Oh we have the God. trial anyway, and it's obvious that Plunder's defendant is, is throwing the trial. His entire defense is, is this the face of a brutal pirate? You're trying to be funny. And the judge passes sentence, and he says, Captain Plunder, I find you guilty of the crime of piracy. I therefore sentence you to be taken from this place where you'll be hung by the neck until you are sorry. Dead. Uh, yes, I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never forgotten that guy.
1: Tremendous. Until you are sorry. Dead. <laughs> uh, honestly, the next one made me laugh more. The, the one on the next page. Just so many gags about hanging. We've so got many gags about <laughs> execution in this thing. It's a news report outside the Highview Corrective Centre, and the newsreader says, Captain Plunder has been resident here for just over a week now, and we've just been told that his final appeal against the sentence has been refused at luxurious high view the emphasis is on rehabilitation rather than punishment none of the inmates here have ever re-offended
0: mainly because they hang them all cut
1: (laughs) (laughs) and that's just a little smiley dog i love this little
0: dog so much look at his little (laughs) face it's
1: it's just a random little smiley dog leans in with a hanging oh, This joke.
0: is just like the whole structure of this is great though because it's in such quick cuts. It picks up with Plunder fighting off the trooper Badniks after he was left on Robotnik's airship last issue and you think it's just picking up yes. from where the cliffhanger left off but we pull out to reveal that this is security camera footage that's being shown at Plunder's trial and we've actually jumped forward in time really quickly. Absolutely brilliant. Get the prosecutor holds up the severed Badnik head and goes I give you Exhibit G and the Badnik goes he was just lucky. (laughs) and then we complete the trial and immediately jump forward to a news report that like bridges the gap of like as storytelling it's all really good (laughs) economy of storytelling as well we use a news announcer to bridge the gap of time in the space of two panels between plunder being sentenced and being chained up in uh, well what is a dungeon but but is claimed to be a correctional facility (laughs) Uh, sorry a luxurious correction center (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah but it's a proper I mean you can see a, a cell opened with just a bucket on the floor and yep they're all they're all chained up And yes, interesting to find that we don't get to find out anything about this black and white cat just yet. He's just there. Yes,
0: I said in the summary that his name is Simpson. We won't find that out till next issue. No, we don't find out anything
3: about what this guy's
1: gimmick is. And he's all gimmick.
0: He's got a whole thing,
3: yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He looks like he's been lifted out of a completely different book. Yes. And just dropped into... It's weird, but I like it. It works. It's very deliberate. He's, uh, ah. his,
0: let's just say his vague resemblance to an old 1930s black and white cartoon is not accidental. Yes. He and Plunder are chained up, you know, arms above their heads, chained to the wall. And then we see this like frog-like jailer who comes in mm. with a bucket of, of what seems to be water. Is it, oh, which one of you said you were thirsty? And uh, Simpson says, not me, Mr. Gullet, sir. <laughs> so the guy pitches <laughs> this bucket into Plunder's face. And he says, is that better chump? And then Simpson says, well, he gave you some water. He must really like you. I wouldn't bet on it, mate. Whatever that was, it wasn't water. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: opposite on the page to the hanging joke. We get someone chuck a bucket of piss in a man's face. (laughs) (laughs) I really like this comic. Nigel's so good at comics. I just... I want someone to just give him is just, you know, like a yearly wage to just sit down and just draw comics all day long. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, this should not work. If you look at all the elements <laughs> of it, like let's take the pirate that we created, put him in a courtroom drama <laughs> with some very thinly veiled satire, and then do dungeon jokes, and also Steamboat Willie and Mickey Mouse is there, and there's news yep. reports. It, none of these pieces... <laughs> make a coherent jigsaw puzzle yet yeah, here we are god do you know what until you said that i didn't even notice that there's
1: nothing about sonic anywhere in this strip at no, all no there's nothing to sit this in sonic the comic or sonic's world apart from oh i suppose the badnik uh, guards yeah there is that's about it though, and yeah. i suppose oh, oh and robotnik television as <laughs> if lifted yeah. straight out of sonic in robotics lab <laughs> yes
0: yep yeah, because we see that um the trial is uh being televised and it's such a sham that it's not—it's not even really a true. It's a TV production essentially.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked in these sort of like comic worlds where they give a side character their own little completely disconnected story like this, but it's never disconnected from the universe so much. And then itself page to page like <laughs> this is but it just it works so well God, oh. yeah yeah because it all comes together so
0: well i never really thought about how random it so much not. of it is yeah. yeah how much it probably shouldn't and that's before you even get to what will yeah what we'll see with simpson in the next issue as well and how <laughs> he's so strange that even the characters comment on how strange and not belonging he is <laughs> anyway yeah we end the story with uh you know uh, Simpson says, if we could only get out of these chains and Plunder says, wouldn't help much, we'd still be prisoners in this cell. And Simpson's like, well, it doesn't matter. I know a way out. A secret way. And Plunder says, oh, why didn't you say so before? And a little a little pincer clamp comes out of one of the little sockets on his techno hook mm. and cuts the chains.
1: Next, the Great Escape. Yep. So once again, Nigel Kitching has just been given some pages at the back of the comic and is just allowed to do stuff with them. And that's one of my favourite things. I think they should do that. I think they should give him that in, you know, the paper.
0: Yeah, yeah, just like all publications should yes. allot
1: a certain number of
0: pages <laughs> over to Nigel yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, whoever prints Sense and Sensibility next. You should have a Nigel Kitchen comic (laughs) in the back. Anything.
0: Jimmy Gachevsky from Torquay can't believe that there are five news agents where he lives, but not one of them sells STC. Could you please explain why, as it's very frustrating? And the only explanation Megadroid offers is that he should use the reservation coupon, which will be included next issue, especially for him. And I'm like, um, if they don't get the magazine, you hand over a reservation coupon isn't going to do much. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe they would then order it. What they should have said is the subscription coupon that's available in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's
0: a good point, actually. Yes, they should have, shouldn't
2: they? Yeah.
1: Like, why didn't they? It's right there. I, it's strange that all five newsagents weren't stocking STC, though. Like, that wasn't mm. usual in those days. I can't no, remember. No, that
3: was uncommon. I can't remember seeing anywhere that didn't stock STC. <laughs> Dear STC, picture me on bended knee as I write, could you put more tattoos in STC? (laughs) But this time including Knuckles. And (laughs) MegaDroid comes back with, get up now Alex, to help celebrate STC's 50th Easter issue. There'll be a set of gold and silver colour tattoos which will include Knuckles. In fact, there'll be even more terrific tattoos with STC 51. But like, Knuckles' most defining feature is he is well, pink. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As everyone knows. (laughs) So, like, if I was Alex Metcalf of Redditch Worcestershire, I would be a bit disappointed if I got like a silver knuckles because that's not what knuckles is. <laughs> knuckles is pink or at a push. I would settle yes. for a red knuckles tattoo. We'll allow <laughs> that because they can't yeah. always get the colours quite right on the tattoos. You know? Yeah, it's not... tattoos are hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I'm being an ungrateful child. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thomas Gray in Belfast, Northern Ireland says... Dear STC, when Sega released their new 32-bit CD console, the Saturn, will there be... Oh, Thomas, this, is, this makes me sad. Will there be an adapter available to enable Saturn's games to be played on Mega CD? Or could the Mega CD be Saturn game compatible? Oh, you're clutching at straws there, Tom. I think it's a perfectly
0: reasonable request. It's as reasonable a request then as it was now. They're all CDs. Yeah. The cartridges aren't different shapes. They all <laughs> go in there. There's no reason they shouldn't play. It's all CDs. They're all <laughs> CDs. True. This is the all first CDs. time we've
3: got the same medium twice in a row. Like, a SNES cartridge wouldn't fit in an NES and vice versa, but I a didn't CD have a problem a with
0: that. I understood that. But it's all CDs!
3: <laughs> to a kid, it's totally reasonable that a CD would yeah, be a CD. It is. Yes! It is. It's
0: reasonable to me as an adult. Why isn't I mean, it? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I play a PS4 game on a PS3? Or the other way around, rather. It's probably a better way of phrasing it myself. No.
1: Well, but that would be better. But what Thomas Gray of Belfast is asking for here is to be able to play Saturn games on his mega CD. And that's Moon on a stick, that is. What he's looking for there is forward compatibility. Yes, I won't judge that
0: too harshly, but it's still all just CD.
1: It's asking a lot. It would be nice. It's the dream, you know? So Megadroid says, No, Tomo. Saturn games will only be compatible with the Saturn console. See the new zone for an update on the Saturn and the Neptune. Yeah. It's the dream. It's the sort of thing I remember thinking as a kid, you know? It's that sort of thing of, like, I remember... I remember... I remember... Being at my, I remember them names. Being at my friend... This <laughs> strikes me as a similar sort of thinking. My friend Philip's sixth birthday took place at the theme park Gulliver's Kingdom. And I went to the gift shop at Gulliver's Kingdom and I saw some things I wanted and I said I'd like this, this, and this. And I handed over the pound that I had. And the lady at the till said, you need more money than that. And I, having noticed that sometimes my mum will pay for something that's five pounds using a ten pound note... And I wouldn't necessarily know what those numbers were. I would just see that the shopkeeper would pretend it's the right amount of money and give <laughs> five pounds back as well. So I just said to the girl behind the desk at the gift shop, Can you pretend? <laughs> and she must have been like, Oh bless And she said, No, I'm sorry, I can't And I like, oh, okay. I'll just have this and this then. And like, yeah, that this strikes me as that sort of thinking. I think Thomas Gray is probably about six and is hoping But no, it's not going to happen.
0: I think Thomas Gray is a visionary and ahead of his time and that it's a shame we still have not yet solved the (laughs) problem he puts to us.
1: Thomas Gray is now a hacker, a pirate, cracking all the systems open. Soon as he got his Mega Drive Mini, it was wide open. He'd already downloaded all the games (laughs) onto that one. Got SNES games running on it, everything.
0: Speaking of pirates, uh, Gary Donaldson from Keith Ness in Scotland has sent in a very piratical Sonic oh, picture. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Sonic steals Captain Plunder's thunder, suggests the uh, caption.
1: So there's two things I really love about this. Thing one.
0: I bet I can guess
1: one. Go on, guess. (laughs) Okay, it's
0: one of them that it really looks like he's based a lot of this off of that Lego pirate. This is
1: an exact, precise, down to the (laughs) merest (laughs) detail copy of Captain Roger's coat. He has got his little Captain Roger in front of him and he has copied it down. Down to every last detail, except he hasn't drawn the little neckerchief very well. He's just drawn a little zigzag. But the little pointy-outy yellow bits, the epaulets at the side, they're the right colour. This is exactly... He's got this, the right number I of notches know on that. his I belt. Want the,
0: I want to stress, <laughs> I didn't know that. I literally was guessing it based on how much
1: you were loving it, that it was based on the Captain <laughs> Roger Lego figure. The hat is the same. It's the Yeah, what this kid has done, Gary Donaldson of Kelthna, Scotland, has... Got out a Captain Rodge, The little gun attached to it. Everything. Bang on. Love it. Number two. Sonic has got a scarred eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right?
3: I was going to bring that up because that's yeah. horrifying. Isn't it? But then I think this kid has misinterpreted the monogoggle mm. as just part of the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah as is so often done. Because the eye patch is also way too small. <laughs> the eye patch just covers yeah. the pupil. So yes, I think, you're right. I think this kid thinks that the pupils are Sonic's eyes, and yes. the monogoggle is just a white patch of fur.
1: Area of face that he's got. You're right. God, what must yep. it be like to right. see Sonic that way? I cannot. No. No, I'm trying my hardest now. I'm looking at it, and it just doesn't happen. No, no I don't know. Doesn't work. work for me. No.
0: The other picture on the page is also a bit of Sonic dress up from uh, Katie Knight from Wall Heath in the West oh. Midlands. It has done
1: a mighty Sonic Ranger. Another one, specially for Dave. I lived in the Midlands, and I want to be friends <laughs> with Katie Knight. I uh, get in touch. We're friends. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's literally a Power Ranger, but with like. How is it made Sonic, even? It's got a Sonic... Well, it's got spikes. It's got spikes. It's got Sonic muzzle colour in the mouth bit and a slight shape to it. Or, oh, in fact, yeah, no, yeah. the mask is sort of designed with Sonic's face in mind. It's got, like, a little silver Sonic nose design. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Like it. Oh! Oh! Very clever. The neck bit, which is a sort of puffy white sock yeah. bit in the Power Rangers, she's drawn it as, like, Sonic sneaker sock bit. Good stuff. It's very clever.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't... It just Power Rangers just kind of look like that. You I just... know.
1: It's open to interpretation, but that, I think, is what has happened there. I like that it's wearing Sonic sneakers yep. as well. Yep. Mm. Sonic
0: dress-up is the theme for Speedlines. <laughs> the
1: caption is, could it be, yes, it's a mighty Sonic Ranger. A mightily Sonic Ranger. Oh, well. I might. Can't win them all, can you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is what you
0: kids like, right? What do they call them? Mightily marvelin' pirates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, uh, everyone select a virgin. <laughs> I think that's going to take us to the end of another issue. Next issue, get your hooks into another episode of Captain Plunder. Yes. He's got the cover spot. Next issue. Oh. Plus, Sonic counts down to disaster. Oh. 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 <laughs> Shinobi shows his true colors. Tails shakes in his Big mouth.
1: I like it. They're using the fact he's got a big coat. They've turned that into Big Mac. They've added shakes. Here's the problem. The whole page has to be fast food related if you're going to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah, to get that going. Yeah, yeah it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Can't do it in one. Nope. STC 49,
1: you'd be a fool to miss it. Why a
0: fool? Why, because it's on sale Saturday the 1st of April 1995, 1.15. Gosh,
1: so it is. I wonder if they'll do any merry japes. We shall see. Last
0: year they faked the idea there was a Sonic movie. A ludicrous proposition.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this year they'll fake the idea that there's a Sega Neptune.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The poor fools.
0: (laughs) Well, that takes us to the end of another issue. Eden, how'd you find this then?
3: I really enjoyed that. like <laughs> you don't have to say that, you know, no, 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 like like honestly, <laughs> like there are some things that I was like uh, like, for example, didn't expect Megadroid to be yellow. That was like <laughs> One of the big surprises. Like, How have you been imagining Megadroid like as a Mega Drive? You said he looked like a Mega yeah. Drive, so I was expecting him to be Mega Drive yeah. coloured, and he's yellow. That's Mega really Drive really have never logical, been I Never
1: thought of that before. Yeah. Oh, that'd <laughs> but, be a good Mega Drive mod, wouldn't it? Let's get our
3: Mega Drives painted up yellow. Yeah, do a Megadroid, Drive. Mega Drive. <laughs> you yeah, know, that was real good. Like, even though I like hadn't played the games that it's based on, it's just it's just good comics. Oh. Just some nice, good British kids comics. Yeah. So up there with, like, Golden Age Bino.
1: Yes! We'll get you playing those games. Of
3: course.
0: Well, there's still uh, lots more good stuff coming up in the very near future, <laughs> if you can't tell. We're quite excited about it. And if you're ready to join in and get excited with us, you will find those new episodes anywhere podcasts are available, but you can also download them directly from our website at stctp.com dot,
1: dot com. you can follow the podcast on twitter at sonic podcast but we're on there separately i'm at demon tomato dave i am at chris mcfeely
3: and i am at eden's things as well as on twitch you can find me on youtube again at eden's things uh there's i did a video called why doesn't bugs bunny wear pants if you like the repeated discussions on this show about why when kids draw lady version of tails they put him in a skirt that whole video is exactly that <laughs> so if you like that you'll like that youtube youtube.com slash edens things is where you can find me and dave and
0: i are on youtube as well but we don't talk about it very much <laughs> i do transformers the basics on there which is a regular show explaining the complex lore of the transformers universe to fans new and old
1: and i have been working on some videos behind the scenes but mostly my youtube channel at the moment is a depository for various streams that i'm doing particularly for the other podcast i do which is called serious Disney and it's about all of the mad stuff disney are doing right now what with remakes and unusual things happening on disney plus i do that with a friend called johan ranessing who's clever about talking about films and i'm going to redub this whole thing later with my brain using Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you enjoy any of the stuff we do both dave and i separately are on patreon you can support our work there or you can support this podcast at patreon.com stctp where if you sign up, you'll get access to bonus videos where we look at the Martin Adams novels from the UK and where Dave is also reading me his terrible teenage fan fiction. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) Proceeds from the Patreon help us pay Sam, our editor. You'll find his work at samgabrielvo.com or on Twitter at SaberInBlue. Our theme song was
0: synchronized by Sonic the Comic The Band, who you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we have been Sonic the Comic The Podcast and we will see you ...next
2: time!